let's go up to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. Wrestling fans, and welcome back to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks so much for being with us here for episode number... 99! 99. One more until 100. It is Monday, September 17th, 2018. And that very vocal co-host of mine is Michael Quinn. I am Joe Morata. How you doing, Michael? Howdy doody. It's episode 99! <laughs> I'm here. You are here, man. One more until our 100th OVP 100 coming up 100 years. Yeah. If you're new to the show, this is not how every show starts. No. We are here to romp you through the world of retro wrestling. Uh, Quinn, we have some great topics in store today. This is the last double digit episode. It's crazy. Holy shit. We've been doing this a while now. And, we're out uh, of double digits. We are out of double. We're we, all we, out. We've run out. <laughs> That's it. You can't buy any more vowels here. Good thing we don't have to worry about Y2K and we won't roll over to zero zero. If you or know what I'm saying we? there. Man, we'll find out next week. <laughs> <laughs> All the lights go out, like there's the mics don't there's work. There's just no podcast next week. <laughs> yeah. Folks, before we get to uh, 1999 in a nutshell, I want to remind you of a couple of things. If you are new to the show and you haven't followed us yet, even if you're old to the show and haven't followed us yet, go to at OVP Podcast on Twitter. You can follow us there. You can also email us at OVPPodcast at gmail.com. That is... Podcast at gmail.com but there is a really great social media platform that uh, we are available on and it is not MySpace unfortunately but it is Facebook Quinn and what goes on there? Well you go over to uh, facebook.web.99 mm-hmm. this is this is how you get there first and then I'll tell you what goes on up there because you, you know getting there is half the battle right? I think so so you go type in the search bar our vantage point dash retro wrestling podcast right that's us you hit enter I think it's return on Mac. You might also have to hit done if you're on a, <laughs> on a smartphone, maybe. I don't know. Either way, you hit the button that does the searching, right? right? Yes. It searches, do, 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 search, search. Then it pops it out from the internet, the results, right? And then you, you can hit the join button on the result for our board. Right, and then if you join our board, we'll let you into our board. Yeah, the, the operators are standing by. <laughs> no CODs. Yeah. And if you are bored, it's a great board to go to because it's fun. You know, we, we embrace all aspects of retro wrestling, and you can talk about the current as well, mm-hmm. but we like to just talk about anything, whether it's uh, Ivan Koloff to Ivan Putski to Ivan Drago. Yeah, Ivan Drago, big topic over there. <laughs> Never, ever. Brockus. He is now. I guarantee you, so, I guarantee you because on this episode, we talked about Ivan Drago for like two yeah. seconds. It's like he will will just be a picture of him. Like it, maybe preferably the one where he's like on the Russian flag. Oh, that one's amazing. Yeah. yeah so uh, Antwerp or somebody, please get on that. Yeah. Also, if you join the group, say hi to Chuck Mess. Yes, you Chuck have Mess. To. He is the best. <laughs> you need to say hi to him. Say that Starcade ninety seven is the best. Chuck <laughs> Mess. So go to join our Facebook group. And later on in the show, we will have some information on some other things uh, about our Patreon and some friends of the show. But Quinn, one thing that we've been doing obviously all season is we've been going through nineties. The 90s, in a nutshell, basically just going through year by year, picking out some highlights and maybe some lowlights. And mm-hmm. Quinn, for uh, for last year, Austin and Vince. The year of Goldberg. The WWF is back on top. And The Rock equals world champion. That's right. That was 1998, in a nutshell. But let's go to 1999, in a nutshell. Welcome, everybody. 
the revolutionary force in sports entertainment. As the biggest night in the history of this great organization. Good guys versus bad guys. The WCW. New world order. It sucks. It's 1999 in a nutshell. We're going to party like it's 1999. You like that one? Uh, Quinn, this was a year that is very memorable, but I don't know if for all the right reasons. So, the good. Wrestling is, like, on fire. Like, it's, like, the hottest thing going. You go to Toys R Us, there's Kids R Us, there's T-shirts. Yeah, Kids R Us. You could probably go to Toys R Us, there's T-shirts. You go to uh, Hot Topic, there's T- It didn't matter. You eat a Hot Pocket. You you could go to- It's got cane on it. You could go to some dumb festival in your town, like, I don't know, the Thanksgiving Parade. Chowder Fest. Chowder Fest. Whatever it was, there probably- Yeah, Al Snow's there serving you New England clam chowder. There'd probably be a wrestling t-shirt on sale. Wrestlers at the mall. Yeah, wrestling. Doing autographs. Right. Wrestling was just everywhere. You just could not escape it. Wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. Yeah, exactly. That's what it was. Maybe there was a little oversaturation, but the point is, is that wrestling was the hot topic of mainstream conversation. Ding! 1999, when we were teenagers, you know, we were teens in 99. It was great at the time. It is one of my least rewatchable years. And I guess as we go through this, we might see some reasons why. For all the popularity and the hysteria and the mania, the product itself was poop. (laughs) But nobody... See, this was before like the sh- the sheets were popular. You know, people were As starting popular. to get like RajaWrestling.com or whatever that site was. Yeah. But like, <laughs> you know, real. like nobody was like giving a shit about the quality. They were just like, no, we just want more Stone Cold drinking beer and right. The Rock telling us what he's cooking. And like all this. <laughs> we don't give a shit. Now, like, did we ever find out for sure what The Rock was cooking or we're supposed well, to we're know? we're supposed to smell what he's cooking. So he might be cooking something different every week, but we're supposed to smell it. Okay, just checking. Yeah. Yeah, but you're right, Quinn. It was it was popular, and a lot of that reason was a lot of people that hadn't watched wrestling right. now were because it was a mainstream thing. And right. They were hearing from their friends, yes. and, and they probably just didn't know any better. They, for all the like bad the writing was, every Monday was still like in-your-face, like... You just, must watch this. Shit is happening on this episode. Absolutely. It, it's all wild and crazy, and people just weren't even used to That wasn't played out yet. People were like, this is wild. Like, yeah. I just want to be part of the party every right. week. I don't care how good or bad it is. It's just about being there with my friends and experiencing this wild and crazy show that they're doing shit on TV that you can't see anywhere else. Absolutely, Quinn. Very well said, actually. Yeah. Let's uh, Speaking of uh, bad writing, let's go to January here in the WCW. The WCW! It is the infamous finger poke of doom that's how we left off 1998 you know right. the lead up to that was nash beating goldberg thanks real good right. just to preface it this one thing did not kill wcw it's considered by many and i would say this is where it, about where it starts is where the the decline the decline begins for wcw that i'll agree with but it's not like this 
you know, killed WCW. Yeah. Kevin Nash was a face. He had just won the WCW world title at Starcade. For NWO Wolfpack. So he's going to fight a returning Hulk Hogan, who For we haven't seen in a couple of NWO months. NWO Black and White. Correct. So we get to the main event of Nitro, and before that happens, Eric Bischoff instructs Tony Schiavone to say, don't even worry about changing the channel. We'll say why in a second. Yeah. You know, but don't change the channel, folks, because right. we're telling you what happened on that taped draw. Right. So Nash and Hogan get in the ring, and uh, Hogan pokes Kevin Nash in the chest, takes a bump. What was that about? Um, that is the reason why I wrote How to Ruin a Business Without Really Trying. And we have a new world champion, Hulk Hogan, and he was in cahoots, I it guess, It was revealed with Nash. that basically, I don't know if it's supposed to be known that, like, the entire split was a ruse. That's why it's like, weird. That, or that, like, just, they just made, like, a deal before the show, and they were like, okay, enough of this, like, we're split up shit, and they just, like, got rid of it. Either way, they they made an alliance, essentially. It was bad, though, because now all of a sudden, all of the work that's gone into making Nash like a good face character. And the NWO Wolfpack. And the Wolfpack. Uh, now, all of a sudden, it's just Hogan's the champion again. It was just weird. It was just a very strange thing. Now, I get it from a logic perspective, and I'll tell you why. Yeah. Just from a like a pure, like, why would these two factions do this? Yeah. Because to me, like, the way they'd always explain the story was is that the Hulkster only cared about the belt, right? Yes. So, like, if they were going to become a union again and, like, one, like, yeah. I'm thinking, like, it's like a good faith, okay, give Hulkster back the title. That's real life. We've been hanging and banging, brother. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's how he is in real life. Right, exactly. It's just, I'm just saying, like, if you're, like, just looking at it from, like, a pure kayfabe perspective, that makes sense that, like... Well, of course he would just hand the belt to the Hulkster. It's dumb. I'm not saying it's not Please, dumb. Please, yeah, because if you defend this, I'm, I'm going to have to put like, you from, off the set. From kayfabe perspective, that's fine to me. Yeah. It's just that we were tired. It was like uh, reverting back to the way it was, which I don't think people wanted to do. Well, Quinn, let me ask you a question. Who was the NWO WCW World Champion throughout the second half of 96 and almost all of 97? The Hulkster, brother. And who who beat him at Starcade 97 in the really shitty finish? Stink. And then who had the title again pretty much almost immediately Hulkster, in 98? Brother. Then who beat him in the summer of 1998? Goldberg. And then who actually beat Goldberg for the first time? Kevin Nash, but with the, the taser. So from, now it's from Scott Hall. Right. So to get from 1996, now we're kicking off 1999, and who's the champion again? Paul Cook. That's a problem. One of the other reasons people were really upset about this on this tape draw, which technically was December of 98. Yeah. Mick Foley, Mankind, mm -hmm. Cactus Jack, right. this hard-working, bumping, crazy guy fell working off hard the cell. On the go. Yeah. <laughs> he wins the world title from The Rock, who we had mentioned, the corporate champion. Right, and this was kind of unfathomable. If it was! Thought, I mean, Mankind <laughs> is the champ? Literally, the MO of the Mankind character was like, get this close, and then like somebody fucks him. Be a big or, loser. Or, or he loses. One or the other, yeah. And the fact that Mankind won the world title on a tape draw and WCW tried to exploit that, right. people would rather see that than Hogan win the world title again. What did Shivani say? Are you going to drop that in? Yeah, I'll, I'll drop it in right about now. If you're even thinking about changing the channel to our competition, fans do not. Because... Butts in the seats. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it actually did. Yeah. That's the funny part, Bischoff. So, I don't know how anybody could possibly track this. Nielsen tracks the channel changes. 
to the exact moment? Yes. Okay. That's one of the things Nielsen does. Okay. People have said on these WWE revisionist history DVDs that like the moment he said that, like everyone changed the channel immediately. Like 400,000 people or something, yeah. which I don't know if it's true or not, but yeah, you can track that. But anyway, so Mick Foley's now the world champion, but also most importantly, honestly, Quinn in January yeah. of 1999, above right. anything else is Bret Hart cut the El Dandy promo. You know, I've, I've been sizing up guys since I came to WCW, and I think the one guy that stands out the most, the guy that I think has earned a title shot, El Dandy, I think you're a heck of a wrestler, you're a great technician in the ring, and you're a jam-up guy. Whoa. I don't see any Whoa. reason... Wait a minute, El Dandy has been wrestling in, in, in the cruiserweight division here, please. He's a great wrestler. He's a great wrestler, but my goodness sakes, are 50 pounds Who are you to, to, to doubt El Dandy? Because this guy's a serious professional. Well done, promo. Yeah, he's really funny there. Yeah. He's just a big, doofy heel. He has yeah. nothing important to do, so he's just feuding with Dean Malenko well, and making fun of how. I think it's indicative psychosis. of the problem. Yeah, good you point. You have Bret Hart, right? <laughs> Who's like, Bret fucking Hart. Like, how do you, like, not use yes. him correctly? And he's, like, having problems with El Dandy? <laughs> Dean Malenko. Like, Dean Malenko. Which, no offense to Dean Malenko, but this is Bret Hart. Well, they hadn't elevated Dean Malenko to that level yet. No, and they... Now, he had been a U.S. champion before. Back in like '96, but but still, this is Bret Hart. Yeah, this was one of the hottest stars in wrestling. Right. So that happened in January. But let's talk about this real quick, Quinn. In February, finally, you know, building off of what we reviewed last week, Austin and Vince McMahon finally have a big one-on-one match. It's at St. Valentine's Day Massacre, February yep. of '99, in your house. Technically, yeah, it, it was. It, they waited till pay per view and for like a year to they finally did. have them fight. They and, actually did, which is awesome to me that that happened. However, the um, <laughs> the outcome is a little Halloween havocy. <laughs> so what happens, Quinn? Let's explain it here. So they're fighting in the cage, right? Austin and Vince. Vince is taking bumps. Bloody, right? Great, yeah. fun, stupid brawl. Right. And then who comes through the cage? Paul White. Have yeah. you ever heard of him? Yeah, Paul White. Yeah. Because that's what we always knew him as in WCW, yeah. right? Paul yeah. White. The giant Paul White. Yeah, he's very giant. King, that's Paul White! Yes! That's Paul White! Rah! So he had just left uh, WCW very recently, like literally like within weeks or months. And this was something, Quinn, that was a big rumor at the time, was that Paul White was going to debut as Titan, which would have been a cool name. That's, but I, I don't mind that name. I just think Big Show horrible is... Horrible name. To this day, I just don't Ugh, like it. Awful like, name. Like, I don't... He's what, not a what show. What is that rooted in? Like, why did they decide that? I feel like it's that, literally a last-minute decision. Do you think that's some term or something from the 90s that's just left over and it's they just nothing, never Quinn. fixed it? It's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> that's just what they called them. Uh, in March was WrestleMania 15. It pretty much stinks. Yeah, I mean, it's WrestleMania pretty horrible. 15 is not good. The main event is The Rock Austin. Austin Which, wins the paper, world title. That sounds, oh, The Rock yeah. Austin, because we know they have a way better yeah. match later. But like, if you're going back, it's not, not that so good. good. The Backlash match a month later was better. And I think they even blew off the Austin Big Show first match like before WrestleMania or something. Well, you know. Bro. In April, DDP in WCW at Spring Stampede 99. Wins the world title, which I remember being very surprising. Yeah. DDP winning his first world title. I, yeah, I did too. And to me, it finally said like, okay, like, yeah, this whole time we've been saying like DDP is the man. And it was nice. It was like, cool. DDP is the world champion. And like, it was just like an accepted, yeah, DDP should be the champion. And everyone was cool with it. It was like, cool because it was like, fine. This is what I mean. No Hogan. Yeah. None of this shit. Like, let's get some new would you, people. I, would you say this is the start of where WCW starts to like get away from the NWO because the finger poke was such a disaster and like all this shit? Yeah. Just, because 
Hogan turns face again. Boom. Right. This Remember is that? this is where it starts to happen. Things change a bit than they yeah. were. But DDP as the world champion was kind of cool because it was someone different. And that's what I liked about it. He had worked his ass off since 1991 as a wrestler. Right. You know, by 94, he was better. By 95 and 6, he was awesome. Yeah. 97 and 98, he was really right. good. This felt like a, an earned title victory. Absolutely and was. for a guy that had been with the company like always. Yeah. Never anywhere else. Other than that time, he was just driving honky-tonk, man. But, <laughs> and he was a manager in AWA. But right. other than that, that was it. Yeah. But also in April of 99, just quick mention here. It was the pilot episode of SmackDown. Now, do you remember the pilot, Quinn, before it was full-time in August? Not sure. Uh, that early in April? Yeah. I probably watched it. Is the pilot on the network? Yes. And how long was the show gone before it got like came on? Great question. It was picked up in August. It debuted. So August of 99, folks, we'll just skip ahead because we're talking about SmackDown right. real quick. SmackDown was basically WWF's answer to Thunder, but right. it was much better than Thunder. Well, yeah. Their Thursday show. To be fair to WCW here with Thunder, if you think about it, when Thunder came along was when WCW was starting to slow down. January they, of 98, yes. And they yes, didn't have enough talent anymore. Like, talent was going back oh, to the except Bret Hart! Right, but they were the talent was going back to W. Like, the talent was swinging back the other direction, mm-hmm. and now they had two shows to fill. Well, that's their own so, fucking problem. Right, exactly. But also, that was a demand from Turner, Bischoff has always said. He's, Correct. He's always stood by that. That's not... Like, I agree. It he, wasn't his idea. No. Yeah, like, they, they were like, we want more wrestling. Listen, most people in the wrestling business that have had to produce it will say it's much easier to produce less yeah. and make it good than it is to add a whole other show. Right. No one wants to do that. I guess we would be, uh, we wouldn't really truly be doing our jobs if we didn't mention what happened to May Quinn with Owen Hart, obviously. Yep. You know, May of 1999 from the Kemper Arena in Kansas City, Owen Hart fell from the rafters, uh, dressed up as the Blue Blazer. He was going to propel, or what is yeah. that called? Repel. He was going to, he was going to like, do like a stunt a like big the blue goofy blazer stunt, yeah. yeah the blue blazer's character was that he was like a superhero right yeah so the idea was come down from this like how you know sting did or yeah. whatever and he was gonna get tangled like right before the ring and then right. drop to the ring like just this goofy like yeah stupid thing uh he was supposed to win the intercontinental title which doesn't mean shit by 99 yeah from the godfather that night right you know own heart you know, I don't want to say one of the best wrestlers ever, but I mean, like, really, like, a, an incredibly talented Top wrestler. Top-notch talent. Um, and one of the most charismatic, Hall funny... Famer in my book, if uh, Martha will let him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So, I just wanted to, to briefly speak on them. I mean, Owen was yeah. great. Everyone missed Owen Hart. Everyone loved Owen yeah, Hart. Yeah, and I mean, the Raw the night after was just... Very emotional. You know, just a, a nod to Owen Hart, one of the one of the greater wrestlers that there ever was, and a funny, underrated with his humor and the way he was. Like he's just funny. Yeah, no, and, he's really funny, and and we always we've always noted in stuff when he he would do dumb shit. Like yeah, he's always fucking with people. Like even always. in the ring, like yep. he that was just his mo. And like, and I always like wonder to this day, like what could have what it could have been for Owen Hart. I like I really. You always say, like, this whole game rumor and all this stuff is, like, you know, he wasn't going to be... Just the, the he nickname. wasn't going to get... Just, I know the nickname. Not the push. But I truly think that that's all he needed was the gimmick. But post Bret Hart... To be he, taken seriously. He needed something, right? Yeah. And this... The Blackheart crap didn't work. I think he needed something like this. And I think he would have been a big star in the 2000s had he, had he gotten a startup with something like the game gimmick and, like... He would have worked his way up slowly but surely. That I agree with, yeah. Gwen, because he was still really young. He had a lot of 
Yeah. A lot of gas. He's a viable talent in Absolutely. 1999 that could have, you know, once the war was over and settled, mm-hmm. like, I think he would have been pushed hard. Same age as Jeff Jarrett. Look how long Jarrett lasted. Yeah, exactly. You know? same, yeah. same age. Right. Uh, in June, one of my least favorite things. So for all the praise that I heaped upon Vince Russo last week, last yeah. year, this is, <laughs> this is one of the worst fucking things. The culmination of the corporation and the ministry and the corporate ministry. Which we haven't even acknowledged that that garbage was going on. Now might be the time, yeah. Quinn, because Vince's corporation, he gets booted from his corporation. Shane takes it over. Then there's that union. The fucking union. The, the union is very horrible. Yeah. And then the Undertaker, the Satan Taker, right, yeah. with the evil, evil symbol taker version. Di-di- that's the Die 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 Undertaker. Doesn't the Die 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 quote emerge from this year? From The Rock making fun of that, in, yeah. In this year. Yeah, 99. Yeah. My agents of darkness are poised to unleash my reign of terror on the World Wrestling Federation. The corporation and the ministry merge. It's now the corporate ministry. And the undertaker this whole time has been taking orders from a higher power. Higher power, bro. Every week we're going to say higher power, bro. Right. And and things that he did. This is why the, the Vince part here or whatever. Yeah. This is why it doesn't make sense. Like abduct Stephanie and like crucify her or yeah. something. Try like, to marry her. Remember yeah. that? Paul Barrow was like the preacher. Oh yeah. A dark like ceremony. <laughs> oh, yes! yeah. And Austin actually makes the like rare like save like he gives a shit. Right. And basically just a too much magic for like a long period of time but it's not like it's the dark arts it's the dark arts kind of it's not like the usual goofy undertaker magic it's like pentagrams and like all this dump it's like way too far Ouija like, boards and yeah, shit like yeah, that you know what I mean? yeah he's just like talking to the wall yeah uh and finally we reveal in june the higher power right that was directing The Undertaker to do all of this. It's me, Austin! Oh, son of a bitch! What? It's me, Austin! It was me all along, Austin! So Why was it him? Okay. Why? I have, I have questions. There no one has answers. The only one that the only one that sticks out to me why like everyone points out why this logic why it's broken, right? Is because of the whole the Stephanie getting abducted thing. Where to Stephanie and all that shit. And the Shane and Vince problems too. If I'm just trying to like rationalize it in my head, like rationalize, Quinn, is that Steph and Shane were in on it? They weren't, though. but they weren't. Right, right. Oh, but no, man. I think Vince Russo just never either. Whoever he was going to have it be, it didn't work out, or he just fucked up. I think honestly, Russo, all he wanted you to care about was that. Oh, Vince is so mad at Austin that he just doesn't give a shit about his family or anything. But like, he wasn't mad at Austin anymore. That's the thing. They were right. like, they had an alliance and Austin saved his family. Right. Like, everything was exactly. fine. Exactly. It makes no sense. Right. It was horrible. And it's one of the main reasons that I just can't stand this period of time. Like mm-hmm. in retrospect, at the time I watched it. And even then I thought it was dumb as a 13 year old. I was like, that doesn't make sense. Why is he the higher power? Were you at least shocked? Because no. I, oh, really? I was mad. I was just mad. I wasn't, mad as much as I was just confused. Like, I was like, wait, what? Like Vince's face, too, when he takes the hood off is really dumb. Yeah. (laughs) Remember? I mean, it's an infamous moment. I will say that it's almost, in in a weird way, iconic. A lot of people remember it. Him wearing the red, like, robe thing and, like, that face he makes or whatever. Sirhan Sirhan is infamous. Yeah. It's a guy that killed RFK. In July. (laughs) I'm aware. (laughs) Wait, who's the guy that killed Lee Harvey Oswald? Jack Ruby. Yeah, yeah, you got it. In July, WCW Bash at the Beach 99 includes, listen to this lineup, folks, the 
Junkyard Invitational. <laughs> that would be uh, Finley winning. Wait, is this the that hardcore thing where there's like fire around them? Yeah. Like, and they're like in the parking lot? Yeah, Finley wins this after escaping the junkyard because, Quinn, nothing says hardcore like running away. Now, if I recall, Brian Knobs is in this match. I yeah, think. unless it's a later hardcore yeah, thing. Yeah. Now, this is WCW playing catch-up in their attempt to emulate what had been going on all of 99, the WWF hardcore division, right, which we talked about. You know, as, as I've complained, <laughs> first of all, they get the belt wrong. <laughs> they, nice, clean belt with fake cracks in it. Yeah, horrible. And, like, they this. just pick the worst team. Like, why the fuck is Finley in this? Like, Finley's like a respect Expected like TV title holder, <laughs> right. like oh, because he's tough. Like, but that's not what it's. That's really, not what it is. It's like it's supposed to be people who are like junk, like, <laughs> yes! like and they're like they don't give a shit, sloppy and fat and yeah. out of shape, you know? Right? And, yeah, or washed up or something. And right? They and, hit well, with I guess pants. Brian Knobs was the perfect choice in retrospect. Yeah. Quinn. yeah. Uh, also, now I want you to remember something. This is July of 1999. Yeah. TV champion Rick Steiner. Yes. Now, this is the repackaging of Rick post-Scott leaving. They should have put a return label on that package and <laughs> sent it the fuck back to Michigan. Right. He defeats Van Hammer. What? Van Hammer was there in 99? Well, I mean, that makes sense. Van I, Hammer was there since, like, 91 on and right. off. But, I mean, he, he was coming off the... We mean, it makes sense. Well, I'm just meaning that he's there. Why is he wrestling on pay-per-view in July of 99? I don't know. You know, he surprisingly wrestles a lot on Nitro. That's like, unfortunate. I'm he's like, like, he's like a presence that just never disappears. <laughs> Folks, if you, uh, if you, I'm not saying it's good. I'm no, just saying bad. he's just, he's just always. So actually, I can like understand that match existing is all I'm saying. I'm really tired of you defending WCW. I'm just saying that there's no like reason to think like, why is that happening? Because there's younger wrestlers that should be on a pay-per-view instead of those two. How old is Van Hammer? I thought he was young. He's too sucky to be wrestling. Yeah, well, he sucks. That's true. In case you're unfamiliar with Van Hammer, folks. And I'm not making this up, this comparison. It's basically like a 80s hair metal version of the Ultimate Warrior. He's that was like their he's idea. Um, the American version of heavy metal. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, Quinn. And of course, Buff Bagwell with Judy Bagwell defeats Roddy Roddy Piper in a uh, boxing match with Mills Lane as the referee. This is the height of, uh, part of the height of WCW just up the wazoo with celebrities, uh, Kiss Demon and all that. Yeah, Kiss like, Demon. Yeah, all that bullshit. So, Mr. Piper, if you and Mr. Bagwell are going to get it on, let's tee it up and get it on in on Sunday in California and Florida. Well, maybe it is stupid, but it's also dumb. Let's remind you, all this crap that I just mentioned, yeah. Vince Russo's not there yet. Yeah. This is what he walked into. Right. You're, set, like you're kind of setting the stage, right? Yes. Like that, people need to understand that it already was pretty wacky by this point. So what Vince Russo walked into was just a big clusterfuck. Yeah. <laughs> In August, Quinn, Jericho. Yes. This was a big deal because right. Jericho, who was becoming a, a very hot commodity throughout 1998. So yeah. he debuts in WWF after like this whole countdown clock would keep appearing. I thought this All was the time. brilliant. I actually didn't think it was Jericho, believe it or not, because I didn't have Raja WWF in my house and all that crap. <laughs> in your house? Yeah, I didn't. So <laughs> You didn't have it on Big Planet Internet yeah. or whatever you had back then? Yeah, I didn't. I just, I didn't know about it. So I didn't know, like, everyone back then was like, oh, it's got to be Jericho, yeah, right? That's and what like, I thought. I was like, why? Like, <laughs> I, I was like, why do you think that? It I, was. I, I don't get it. It was. 
but I was just very confused by yeah. the the hype around. Oh, it's Jericho! It's Jericho! This was we've talked about this debut before, but it's one of my favorites. The Rock comes out to cut a standard Rock promo. Yeah. So The Rock says, "If you've got any fortitude and them little bitty things you call balls." Nothing major, you know what I mean? The Rock's just there cutting yeah. a promo. And all of a sudden, the countdown clock appears, but this time it actually counts all the way down. Jericho appears on the Titan Tron. The crowd loses it, and he's a heel, technically. So Jericho and The Rock have their ways with each other. You know, their their, their battle, their, their right. verbal battle. That was something much anticipated. Right. You know, to, was see- to see Jericho, who was, you know, a verbal savant. Yes, a good way to put the it. Rock, who, who was, was also like a master. He was a master. Yeah. And they did very good. They did very good with Chris Jericho and right. almost immediately, too. Yeah. Like they didn't really fuck him up until he lost to that in that weird Triple H thing where he won, but he lost. Yeah. Like, and that to me, that's what derailed his run. It did derail it a bit. Yeah. But he wound up being okay. So that was his WWF debut. Also, I just want to quickly mention here, Mick Foley won the WWF world title at SummerSlam in a match involving Steve Austin and Triple H from Steve Austin, strictly because Austin didn't want to lose yeah, Triple H. So, this whole thing. So Mankind could then lose the world title the next night to Triple H. And finally, Paul H could have his first world title, which he earned. Uh, you know, he was he a pretty... He earned by that point. He uh, was a good but, worker uh, yeah. for that period of time. Uh. Yeah, but it wouldn't. It would only last like another year before then he would just be like my quad. And, you know, he would just be the same bullshit that just forever. Yeah, he would morph into the Triple H we can't stand the quad version. Yeah, quad version, Lucy and all that. Also, I want to mention at that SummerSlam 1999, the special referee for the world title match was making his WWF return for the first time in nine years after a very bad this was, exit. This was big, actually. I, I, at the time, he was also a governor. Right. Governor body. The governing body. Right. The worst wrestler in the world, Jesse Ventura. <laughs> Jesse, the governing body Ventura. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. The worst wrestler. But it was nice to, to finally see him back. Right. To hear his voice on the mic in a WWF ring. I got to say this. I don't think nothing will stop the rattlesnake from being there. He'll crawl into the ring. That's the start. The first reign of Triple H. Mm-hmm. There'll be more things to come with him. But that's how he started. In September, Quinn, the British Bulldog returned. Uh, the dogs went woof woof. Uh, this, it, it, you know, with the jeans, I just hated this. It was a weird return. It was like they tried to attitude era him up with you the know jeans. What? He came back, right? And at first, I was excited. I'm like, oh, the British Bulldog's back. This yeah. is great, right? And right. then they're like six pack challenge. And all <laughs> that's this what it was. Shit. Yes. Like, and like, I, was like eh. I want the title. And then and he then was he... just like irrelevant after that. He was just yeah. nobody. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Speaking of Woof Woof, uh, Kennel from Hell, which we mentioned recently, but that happened in September. Yeah. This is really the pits for WWF. It was <laughs> yes, like late but, 99. However, WWF goes public. The WWF goes in public October. in October. So all this bullshit, creatively. right? Creatively. Yeah, creatively. They're like financially like they're on, printing money. They're, they're, print, <laughs> they're, they're printing so much money that somebody has the bright idea. Let's sell 49% of the company so we can just make more fucking money and go public. Since then, we're going on 19 years now. Yeah. They have been a publicly traded company that you too can own a piece of. Quinn, you did for a while, didn't you? I did for a second, although I'm kind of regretting that I didn't keep it because I bought it when it was like 20 bucks or something, right? Mm-hmm. For years, the stock rate remained at like 15 to 20 between 15 flat, and $20 right? for like, I'm talking like 15 years. Like right. in the last like three years, 
it went from like seventeen to twenty. It's worth eighty seven dollars. Oh, you right should have kept uh, it, yeah. Michael. Like it has skyrocketed. This is what made Vince McMahon a billionaire, though. Was it is. This, this was... is where they started making that claim. Also, sadder note, but it's worth mentioning. He's one of our favorite people in wrestling. Uh-huh. We have last seen him very briefly at WrestleMania 15. Yeah. Gorilla Monsoon passed away in October of 99. I remember WWF did a very classy, like, little tribute to Open Raw. I mean, he was a big part of the company. A shareholder of the Capital Wrestling Corporation. He wasn't a shareholder today because, holy shit. Even Bobby Heenan had asked uh, Tony Schiavone, you know, could I please do a tribute to Monsoon? WCW was just like, it's Gorilla, come on. It's Gorilla Monsoon, one of the legends of the business. Yeah. My personal favorite announcer, not yeah. for technical ability, but just because I like listening to his voice. You know, as much as we batter around about WCW and they're the mortal enemy of the WWE, even they like, yeah, they knew like it's Gorilla. Come on, and Bobby was his best friend. Yeah, like exactly. they were really good friends, right? Exactly. So they even allow it. So we have both shows on the same night, yeah. giving tributes to Gorilla. A Gorilla will be sadly missed. Now, he was one big tough man. He was a decent, honest man. And we're all going to miss him very much. And you know the pearly gates in heaven? Yeah. It's now going to be called the gorilla position. Goodbye, my friend. For by all accounts, a great guy. Yeah. Like, forget what he did for wrestling. Just a real nice, good man. Right. You know we love gorilla folks yep. if you're if you're not new to the show. But yeah. that was sad. I remember as a it kid, was. as a kid, I was like, oh, that sucks. You know, Gorilla Monsoon died. In October, though, Vince Russo, head writer. And his partner, Ed Ferrara, they leave the WWF and they sign with WCW, which a lot of people think is what killed WCW. It's part it didn't of help. It jumbles up a lot of jumbles up. It, it creates a vying for power. It creates yeah. factions within the roster yes. centered around Russo and Bischoff or, or Kevin Sullivan, like and whoever like, else. Yeah. yeah, like it basically it creates a tribalism within the company where people are. And of course, fucking Jeff Jarrett, it capitalizes on all of it. Yeah, because he also came in in October. He right. held up Vince for money for one more match right. to lose to China. He comes in. I will say this about Vince Russo and Ed Ferrara, and this again, we're not talking creative standpoint. More people watched for a while under them mm-hmm. than, than had been watching. Right. And you know what? 1999 WCW before Russo and Ferrara is fucking terrible. No, it's horrible. It's I, really I just, bad. I just think that it doesn't get better. It doesn't get better. It gets different. It gets. It's a different kind of bad after this. Like, let's put it that way. Very well said. I, I'm not defending anything they yeah. did. But it wasn't worse. Uh, Let's also go to November now. Someone ran over Steve Austin. I wonder who it was, Quinn. I did it for The Rock. (laughs) I did it for the people. I did it for The Rock. I did it for the people. I did it. uh, Shut your mouth, you thong-wearing fatty. It gets resolved next year. <laughs> like almost like, a year later. But it, this is where it happens. Basically what this is, folks, is Steve Austin finally was taking time off because right. his neck that had been broken two years earlier in the Owen Hart SummerSlam match, it's enough already for Austin. He's yeah. got to take care of this. And when he comes back in September of 2000, he's a much revitalized, better wrestler the than he had been. redneck. The bionic redneck. Okay, as JR would say every time. Uh, <laughs> but instead, in his place in this triple threat match with Triple H and The Rock, it's the big show. And for some very strange reason that I still don't understand, and this isn't Vince Russo. Yeah. He's gone. Yeah. 
Big Show wins the world title. Do you Th- think that this is because they like fucked everything up and they were just like, we need to like band-aid this <laughs> and like make sure the Big Show doesn't look like a complete loser? Yeah. Like, essentially. I think you just nailed it. Yeah. I think you're exactly right. Yeah. I would also like to point out while we're here that Russo's immediate re- replacement was uh, one of my favorite WWF creative people, Chris Kresge, who would storyboard some great storylines throughout the year 2000, which yep. really did lend a sense of coherency and drama and a bit like, of a intrigue. recovery for the WWF. It really, 99, yeah. folks, look, you know, last week, if you listened, I defended the shit out of Vince Russo. Yeah. I love that era. The state he left them in was not so good. Oh my God, it yeah. was horrible. 99 sucked. Did we watch it? Yeah, but do I ever want to rewatch it? Yeah. Would you rather watch bad 1989 or bad 1999? Bad 89. Right. 99's just, it's, it's just, horrible. It's so hard to follow. Like, right. <laughs> Bro, as we go to close out the year, unfortunately, in the WCW, one thing Vince Russo did do, actually, I have to give him credit here, he was going to use Bret Hart properly. Right. And he did. Right. He elevated him right back to the main event. Oh, yeah. He shot up the roster. Like, no, like, there was, it was like night. It was like <laughs> yeah. one day you woke up and it was like, oh, Bret Hart's the best fucking guy in the company all of a sudden. As it always should have been, yeah. you know. Yeah. We got Bret Hart, bro. We got to use him, bro. Yeah. You know, I'm, well, I like Vince Russo because he put me in that match there. Now, unfortunately, it's not Vince Russo. It's no, not anybody's no. fault. Well, it's really. Goldberg's fault. Yeah, it's Goldberg's fault, but I mean, Goldberg was a hot commodity, right? He's a so, shitty worker, too. Right, but it was natural that we put one hot commodity against another hot commodity. Gotta do those hot commodities, yes. Yes, and we have them fight, and that would be a great match, right? Yes. The problem is, is that Goldberg, he shot up so fast that he was still green as grass at this point. Yes, grass. And, and he fucked up and he, kicked Brett in the head. And ends his career, yeah. basically, indirectly, unfortunately. And Brett himself is like, you know, it was an accident or whatever he says. You know, I, I used to blame Bill Goldberg. I don't blame Bill Go- Goldberg as much anymore, but I just told him don't hurt me and he hurt me. It's still unfortunate, yeah. though, because one of the, again, one of the better wrestlers of right. our time, one of the best wrestlers of our time. But yeah, his career ended. But also, Stephanie McMahon turned heel in December of 99. This was shocking. I, I, Daddy's little girl, Quinn. The thing that I loved about it was that we were to believe Triple H drugged her and married her and did all this shit. Right. And I loved the interplay between Vince reacting that when he realized, so like, she fucked him. And the best part about this is, is to me, this fixed all the Undertaker dark arts wedding shit because this was Stephanie saying, you fucking, like, sacrificed me to the Undertaker. Yep. Like, they, they did a Vince Russo here. Bro, they took something that was shitty. Yep. And they used it to make something good. And you'd never guess, Quinn, if you didn't know whose idea that little the wedding part was. You know who it was? Who? Kevin Kelly. Su- Hi! Suggested that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hi! <laughs> yeah. But this this is important, folks, because this sets the stage and for all of 2000, which is Triple H's best year. Right. It literally is, like, as a wrestler. Yep. And that was the running thread. But the great thing was, until Stephanie took creative over at the end of 2000, yeah. it was a great arc that they had going. Yeah. McMahon-Helmsley era. It was great. She took it over and kind of ruined it. Yeah. But this is where we get the first real pairing of Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. A match made in heaven or hell. And we I can blame know. Kevin Kelly for it. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. All right miscellaneous horribleness because as i've said 1999 was crappy yeah did i love it at the time yeah Yeah, but even at the time i was like (laughs) why are these matches like eight seconds 
what, like what? Why does nothing make sense? You know, like yeah. even as a kid, I was like, this is weird, but yeah. it's fun. Butterbean against Bart Gunn. That was really stupid. Yep. That was the end result of the brawl for all. <laughs> yep. Vince Russo's idea there. Yeah. Bro, Butterbean kills him in what, 20 seconds? Yeah, it's, it's embarrassing. Look, it's a real boxer versus not a boxer. <laughs> what, are you th- what the fuck did they think was going to happen? <laughs> uh, Nicole Bass was around in 99. Bro, <laughs> Sable's bodyguard. Yeah, I know. You got a problem. <laughs> <laughs> She's the worst. She's horrible. I don't know why she worked there. I just didn't get it. Bro, you ever see how it's done? They have Nicole Bass on That's there. That's literally what happened also we had my favorite quinn beaver cleavage bro 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 yeah uh, uh, <laughs> no, no more needs to be said yeah, on that's that it for him uh oklahoma and wcw opinion on a pole match it's hot skill we can't even say anything because we do it too <laughs> yeah, he's doing what we do just yes. like years ago constant title changes in 99 one of my least favorite things is like the, the intercontinental title is oh like, my god it's like 1000 champions it's the it's, worst thing. there's more title switches than dan severin has belts <laughs> it's awful bro overall the best way i can sum up 1999 Swerves, bro. You gotta swerve me. I do the unexpected yeah. thing. You gotta, you gotta keep from going to the other channel, bro. So if we think we're gonna have Road Dog win the hardcore title, no, he's gonna win the Intercontinental <laughs> title, bro. Billy Gunn will win the hardcore title. Right? It's just nothing. Just, like, just nothing fucking made sense yeah, yeah, in 1999. So crazy, bro. So folks, that's 1999 in a nutshell. An eventful year. Eventful in the sense that things happened. Right. Too we didn't, much things. We didn't, yeah, too much. <laughs> and we didn't say they're good things. You know, like, I could eat an entire chicken lo mein by myself, like a large one. And there's some bites of it that are really good. But it doesn't mean I should eat the whole thing. Right, exactly. It's going to hurt me afterwards, yeah. and I'm not going to want to relive that. Right. And uh, on that note, folks, let us know your memories of 1999, your, your favorite moments, your least favorite moments. This was 1999 in a nutshell, but Quinn, when we come back, we're going to a new country. It's a new nation that we're going to. We've never been to it before. It'd be an interesting nation. And we'll find a Mount Rushmore in Death Valley while we're there. That's coming up right after this. This week, one of the greatest men I've ever known, Robert James Morella, passed away at age 62. He was celebrated and beloved worldwide as legendary superstar, Gorilla Monsoon. To his friends, he was known simply as Gino. Gino had a gorilla-sized passion for life, this business, and more importantly, the people in it. Behind the scenes, he was a cornerstone in the World Wrestling Federation. Our thoughts and prayers go out to his wife, Maureen, and his entire family with great sadness and heavy hearts we say goodbye to Gino a very special man who lived a very special life and welcome back wrestling fans to our vantage point the retro wrestling podcast thanks for being with us here on Monday September 17th 2018 for episode number 99 thank you Quinn Quinn, before we get to Mount Rushmore and Death Valley, why don't we take a moment or two, maybe two moments, to talk about our Patreon. We do have a Patreon if you want to donate. And of course, Quinn, that's at patreon.com slash Podcast. We have three tiers there. Yes, three tiers. Three tiers of excitement. They're very exciting. exciting. The uh, first tier, the $1 tier, 
That is the tier where you get to see us record the show. We're recording it right now. Where we wear shirts and there's a basement <laughs> and stuff. Your shirt's blue today. And you get to hear stupid conversation that we have before and after the show. Sometimes stuff hits the cutting room floor. Yeah, they're also during the show. Some people are aficionados and they like to see how a show is done. Like yeah. the behind the scenes, the inner workings of it. How does it all work? How like, does it all work? You can find out over at the $1 tier. $1 a month, yeah. that is. A month. That's, That's like less nothing. Than anything. That's like, pretty yeah, much, yeah. actually. And if you want to upgrade that, you double down, all right? That's $2. That's really not a lot of money. And for $2, not only do you get the weekly raw footage, that's every Monday when the episode comes out, every other Friday, you get more Mount Rushmore and Death Valley. Now, Mount Rushmore and Death Valley is a fan favorite segment. People love it. So we decided we're going to do two more a month. Every other Friday, Quinn and I will get into the weird, wacky stuff from the suggestion list and maybe our own inventions. Yep, the nitty and the gritty. Uh, <laughs> and it's a whole separate podcast. Of Rushmore. Yeah, whole separate thing. It's like an hour-ish. Yeah, it's like an and, hour-ish. Um, it might include hats. Maybe you want uh, but you know random stupid topics like uh i know you got to hear dungeon of yeah Doom last as week it's like a free preview you got to hear that HBO last week. weekend there. <laughs> yeah, free hbo preview last yeah. week we did ultimate warrior matches somewhat recently yeah that was good so check that out if you want to the two dollar tier maybe that is the tier for you uh but if you're really feeling bold for three dollars which is still like a month that's nothing like yeah and you get all the the previous tiers we talked about yeah you get the other two tiers same right? thing with the two you get the one <laughs> maybe you shed tears of joy because of the great extra content you get uh because for the three dollar tier you get the raw footage you get the alternating fridays for the rushmore death valley extra and you also get on those other fridays that's twice a month quinn and i are sitting here and we watch 1982 WWF. You watch it with us. So it's like you watch wrestling with Joe and Quinn. Yeah, um, it's championship wrestling. So it's nothing to write home about. It's no. horrible. But I think the fun is uh, watching our misery. It is fun. That's, it's like when you really watch wrestling yeah, it's at home. Like, it's basically like when you really watch wrestling, but you're there with us, but you yeah. can't talk somehow. But And that's a video show, yeah, obviously. Yeah. So you watch it with us. We have technology. You get to see the screen. You get yeah, to see you get us. to see the screen with yeah, us. It's fine. It's a good time. So that's our Patreon. Now, again, that's if you want to donate. We're not doing this to try to make money and make, make all the money and print the money and all this stuff. We ain't Conrad. We ain't Conrad here. and We, we never will be. Trust me. Maybe both of us combined could equal his size. But oh. in terms of you know what we do here the monday show will always be free this thing you're listening to always free but if you want to give back to us you are able to do that at patreon.com slash ovp podcast and we're happy to give more content to you but quinn it is now time for the last double digit mount rushmore and death valley wow double digits here see you later double digits (laughs) and good it has been good and this is where each week we have put four of the best of something onto Mount Rushmore, and four of the worst go down into the desert of Death Valley. And Quinn, this is like a combo decision. You said, hey, are there any other factions that we haven't done yet? And I was like, yeah, what about this one? And it is the Mount Rushmore and Death Valley of... The Nation of Domination. The Nation of Domination. I say that boldly. That was very bold, Quinn. Now, this stable existed in the World Wrestling Federation from the fall of 1996 until the fall of 1998. So it was started in the new generation era. Started in the new generation. It's a carryover. It really is, actually, Quinn. And this is the one that it started 
as a, I don't want to say parody, but like a send-up of the Nation of Islam. Right. That's what it's, it's based that, it's on. It's supposed to be like that, like Malcolm X kind of thing. Yeah, it's militant. You yeah. know what I mean? Or militant? How do you militant, say that? Militant, like, um, like it's like a Black Panther kind of deal. Yeah. Like, that's kind of what it's supposed to be. Thankfully for Farouk, you know, Ron yeah. Simmons... His first few months in the WF were horrible. He had this stupid outfit on. Like, what were they doing? <laughs> he was a gladiator or Sonny something. managed him. Yeah. It was weird. It was all over the place. But then they were like, hey, Farouk, you want to do this nation of domination thing? And he was so, like, yeah. That's so probably what happened. And so he did. And he was still feuding with Ahmed Johnson, who was always injured. Yeah, no shit. Basically, what the genesis of the nation was is Farouk and a bunch of other people would come out they would do the race fist salute right. the black power salute yeah and uh, they would beat people up it was not the NWO they weren't trying to take over the company basically the, it was the affirmative action right of they wrestling. were fighting for the rights of the minority wrestlers yeah that's what it was which if and you crush. think about it they're, they're technically faces then but <laughs> yeah. you know it's also the 90s it's WWF like <laughs> right. one of the more unsavory companies well the thing yeah. is that Ahmed would take issue with the way they did it right. so it's basically like and i'm really don't take this the wrong way but ahmed was more of like the martin luther right. king that obviously yeah that that's what they were saying and farouk was more like the malcolm x and famously you know those two didn't really agree with each other right that's you know you look, at, look in the standpoint. history books yeah. right look in those books there but in terms of wrestling some incarnations and some members were very poor yeah, it was very bad. Well, I would say the first incarnation alone is a little. It doesn't even meet the criteria of right. what it's supposed to be. <laughs> but there was one very good member in the first incarnation. But Quinn, I technically had the pick. Why don't you take the stick? Who's a good nomination for Rushmore? Number one, I would say The Rock. You smell the Rock. Any okay. overall history of the nation of constipation? <laughs> now, <laughs> The Rock joined in August of 1997. And when he joined, it was a reactionary heel turn to right. the way the fans had treated him throughout his initial tenure. Correct. He came in and they were beating up the DOA and he helped them beat up the DOA or something, right? And he's like, so, and you said, die, Rocky, die, and all that, right? Right. I got three words. Die, Rocky, die. That's the gratitude I get from you pieces of crap. It's funny that it was the DOA. Of course, of course, the, it was the DOA. It was chains. The or something. endless fucking right. feud. <laughs> so the Rock like kind of peacefully coexisted as a, a member of the nation, as Farouk's like underling, right, for the first six months or so. And it was about him kind of finding himself a little bit, right, like as the finding rock. the heel Rock. By early '98, late '97, he's the Rock, and he works his way into the character that we would all know and love. And you know what? Hey, hey, hey! With all due respect, the champ is talking. I'm assuming you're talking about that 98 run. Well, I'm talking about the whole everything, because to me, that's the genesis of The Rock. That's his origin story, is joining the nation. It's his entire run from when he, I guarantee, and like said all that dumb shit. The Rock says this. The Rock says that. That's when it started. Fuck you, Farouk. Like, all that crap. <laughs> that's like, what he said. You know, like, all that shit is like his whole run in the nation. Like, he's the most successful to come out of it. So the moment he stepped into it, I thought he was, he's the best member. He's he, got to be. He basically leads a mutiny to get Farouk out of the nation in March of 98. Which I never understood from like just pure kayfabe, just because like, what did Farouk do wrong? He Nothing. Was, he seemed like a pretty good leader. Like he was like a veteran wrestler. Right. Like he, he seemed like a good mentor to these guys. He never betrayed them or anything. No. I don't know. The Rock just wanted it all for himself, yeah. Quinn. Definitely going to make it. But I'll just volley to you with Farouk because okay. one of them's got to be one and one of them's got to be two. Right. I mean, There's those no are, way those around are the it. leaders 
of the nation. The only ones. <laughs> there wouldn't be a nation without Farouk, right? right? And, yeah. you know, he started this again November 96 in his feud with Ahmed Johnson. Mm-hmm. It transformed throughout 97 into uh, a much more charismatic stable into 98. Right. And then Farouk left it. You know what? I, I think I agree with you. I think The Rock is number one. Right. He got the most out of it. And what's funny about the whole thing is that it really was supposed to be a vehicle for Farouk. It was. Like, it wasn't designed for The Rock, but The Rock took it further. He took the ball from the nation, like, to give him, get him over. Like, and he really took the fruits. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he, he was the guy that profited the most. Would you say Farouk got the ball to the 10-yard line and The Rock ran it into the end zone? Right. Well, exactly. Farouk was a Heisman contender, so that even makes <laughs> more sense. All yeah. right, you know what? Let's let's call it what it is. Let's get The Rock in as number one. No doubt Get about that it. out of the yeah. way. So for number one, The Rock. I want to also say about Farouk Quinn, underrated talker during that period of time. Oh, yeah. I go back to these, and maybe because I was a kid, and yes. I didn't fully understand the gravity of what he was saying. To be fair, like, when you're younger... You don't really, like, fully understand these more adult topics. Yeah, which this was. Yeah, like, I just didn't get, like, I knew that, obviously, racism's not good, but, like, other than that, I was just like, these guys are just, like, goobers that, like, yeah. fight these, fight, like, Ahmed Johnson or yeah, something. in the like, mid-card. I, yeah, it's like, I don't, who cares, right? Right. I, but when I look back at it, I'm like, shit, this stuff's, like, kind of groundbreaking. Yeah. Like, they never really said this before. Farouk's promos are awesome. Yeah, it, it's really good. Anything in this world that wants skin is worth fighting for. And anybody that's weak like you does not have a place in the nation. And speaking of two weak bucks, Savio Vega crushed his two people I took literally out of the trash can. Would you say Farouk is definitely number two, though? Yeah, no doubt. There's about no. It. Yeah, this is one of the things where it's the these two, and then we gotta right. fight it out, right? Mm-hmm. All right, so let's just get Farouk in there. We know he's not getting knocked off, right? Great talker, still a, a good wrestler in '96, '97, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I, mean, he, I thought he was pretty good actually. Very underrated. Um, I only realized it when I went back. Right, honestly. I didn't see it at the time. I didn't get it. I didn't care. Yeah, I didn't. I'm being honest. This, yeah, this so is like ten year old me. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. I really don't get it. Yeah. I so, was the same way. I was yeah. like, this is kind of okay, but I really just want to see Bret Hart or whatever. Right. You know, that's Shawn all it was. Michaels, whatever, right. yeah. But looking back, which you and I watched every pay-per-view from uh, Survivor Series 96 until Rumble 99. Right. He's awesome. He is. Yeah. He really is underrated, unsung. So for number two, Farouk. This is a guy that I think another probably profited the most from the nation. Okay. D'Lo Brown. Yeah, man. Remember when D'Lo suddenly became one of the best things ever in 98? All of a sudden, you're like, wait, he can wrestle? He was and, so good. And he was charismatic on top of it. The head wobble. Well, my favorite is when he won the European title and he became like a European somehow. <laughs> Every week, he was announced from somewhere different. Helsinki, Sweden. <laughs> I always yeah. remember. Finland. Yeah. Don't get Borga Finland, involved here. Sorry, yeah. America's crumbling. Helsinki, Finland, and, you know, whatever. He'd be, he'd be from a different European nation every week. And he had that old school heel trope of the chest protector right. that he didn't need anymore. Basically, he was like the Bob Orton Jr. of, like, <laughs> yeah. of, of the time. He, he was. was. Of the, like, Attitude Era, he's the only guy I can think of that had, like, a accessory. Like, yeah. the injury didn't heal? Yeah, it never healed. He was, it was basically a Bob Orton thing. They just moved the, they went from the arm to the chest. See, to me, and I'm just... I am completely just theorizing here. That sounds like a Cornette or a Patterson mm-hmm. or a Pritchard. And the the whole European thing 
Yeah. Sounds like a Russo. Right. And that's a be- that's where it's like beautiful when all of that was working together in 98, you would get shit like that. I really think D'Lo was a benefactor of the times he came up. They did wonders with this guy. A guy that started out as a stooge like in the nation he was one of the he was one of the suits in the back good point Quinn. like he wasn't even a wrestler he would just stand there with a stupid haircut because remember it was like right, really yeah. dumb at the he time wore the fez hat yeah like, <laughs> with the other ones and he was just very fat at the time yeah. too fat. <laughs> when she wears high heels she strikes oil okay she's <laughs> I don't know the full background story of D'Lo Brown, but I assume he's a guy that got the job and his aim was to eventually be a wrestler. And he was probably, he lost weight. He worked out with the wrestlers. And by the time he gets into like athlete shape, that's when he actually becomes a real member. I'm pretty sure that's essentially what it was. I think he had been trained. I think he was a wrestler, but not, he had never wrestled for a big right, promotion. Exactly. He was he, up and coming. He was green. He yeah. was probably training in the during the week and yeah. then just showing up in the background doing the fist thing. Like, you, know, you know who trained him, actually? Who? Al Snow and Larry Sharp. Makes so there sense. You go. Yeah, both yeah. good trainers. Yeah. But D'Lo, man, if you weren't around the 98 folks, or maybe you were, but you just didn't appreciate it, D'Lo, as a mid-card player... He made the European title matter. He actually did. Yeah. Because Triple H and Shawn Michaels did fuck all with it. D'Lo was the first guy to, in my eyes that like it was like, oh shit, this is like now a real title. I'll never forget his epic feud for the European title with X-Pac. Yeah, remember really that? Really good. <laughs> it yeah. was really good. Yeah, he was an entertaining character throughout '98, and then after the nation was over, he had like a very neat little solo career in '99. It's unfortunate what happened to D'Lo. I don't think this is actually like well known because nobody ever talks about this. What? But the reason D'Lo was pushed is that he was the guy in the ring with draws when he broke his neck and got paralyzed. D-pushed, you mean? Yeah, D-pushed. Yeah, it is. That's what happened. He botched a uh, a powerbomb that Draws does not blame D-Lo for, No, and it was, a, it was 100% an accident. I mean, it wasn't a document. There was some there was some spilled in the middle of the ring, and he slipped on it. And he, he um, Draws used to wear, like, weird clothes and stuff like yeah. that, and D-Lo just couldn't get a good grip on him either when he right. was lifting him, so it was just a combination of circumstances. Yeah, there was a slip and a grip, and, you know, Draws is paralyzed, unfortunately. No, I don't know if that was a punishment so much as it was they had turned public. Right. And it was like, all right, well, we the can't... The public ha- thing also Literally play, happened yeah. that same month. Yeah, yeah. It was like, well, we can't have this guy be prominent when he paralyzed another person. Right. It might be something like that, too. Yeah. I do remember briefly before we... Le- I think D'Lo is number three, by the way. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> before we leave D'Lo... I remember when he came back very briefly in like 2008 or 9 and everyone yeah. was all happy yeah, about it. Yeah, it was like, yeah, D'Lo. <laughs> remember and then, that? Like, they just did nothing. They, with they did nothing, you, but it was yeah. like, yeah, D'Lo, all right, we I like mean, him. unfortunately, the rest of his career, he was like a swami <sighs> or something with like the beaver cleavage. Remember, or he was also that involved was. with Tiger Ali Singh. Yeah. He I, was, I, wasn't he? I don't know what the fuck. Tiger Ali Singh presents Lowdown as we count down on the Royal Rumble live this Sunday on Pay-Per-View. Man, he was young and up and coming, and he was just so exciting to watch at the right. time. And I just, loved him. He unfortunately got pigeonholed, essentially, into a D-push. Yeah. I liked his uh, his teaming, his comic interplay with Mark Henry for yeah, a while great. in 99, too. Yeah. And he was the Intercontinental and European champion at the same time for a bit in 99. He was really just... He was, he was on the rise. Yeah, to me, he was, he was one of the best guys in the nation. All period. right. Is he number three? Yeah, I think he is three. too. All right. So for number three, D. Lo Brown. You know, parallel to that, Quinn, a guy that had had several failed gimmicks prior, and even within the nation, 
was Charles Wright, the Godfather. Yes, this is the guy that I thought another benefactor of the nation of domination. Right, because when he came in, I want to explain this, and this is Farouk's words, so don't get mad at me. He wanted a blacker nation. This is the promo that he cut. Yes, when yes, he kicked out Crush. Right, that was the yeah. I remember that promo. And that's kicked when, out Savio. That's when it became like only black guys, basically, right? Like that was like it's what true. the idea that's what was. They said. Yeah. Let me tell you, the most fear threat in this world today is seeing powerful, intelligent black human beings, black men, get together for one call. That's what you're gonna see right here. He brings in Ahmed Johnson and Kama Mustafa, he was called. He was previously known in 95 as Kama. The Supreme Fighting Machine. Yeah, with the shirt and the red thing. Yeah. But now he's uh, bald and he has no red thing. And he's... now he's got Mustafa in his name to make him sound more like Nation of Islam. Exactly. Like, that's like what they're going for. But he was very, to steal your word, Quinn, indescript for quite a while as Kama Mustafa. Right. He was nothing. He did not matter. He didn't do anything. <laughs> I mean, he essentially, they just kept him as that kickboxer gimmick just with the nation, like, <laughs> yeah. like red, yellow, and green colors yeah yeah, whatever that was the the stripes he just had like the logo of the nation the emblem or whatever it is the the flag of the nation i guess but by mid 98 before he was even called the godfather he started displaying more personality and he was growing his hair in right and he would have cigars and he'd be like he'd have a little more flair apparent what was up right it looked like big bully busick or something (laughs) at the beginning like i was with the hat yeah i don't really understand what this is right and then like it starts to become apparent once the hoes show up the hoes start showing up you know and one of the one of the things that um really helped the nation and actually helped dx was the was the DX Nation feud. Right. All of a sudden, everyone's got personality. Bingo, Quinn. Yeah. Because DX does a big parody, and I love it. It's funny to yeah. this day. Mizark and... Yeah, it's, <laughs> <laughs> that's a little much. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, but, just because the X-Pac in a fat suit is funny to X, me. Anyone in the fat suit yeah. is funny. Yeah. Billy Gunn, of all people, like the freaking hickiest guy, yeah. <laughs> right? does the Godfather right, parody. Yeah. And he's got a cigar and the fake tattoos, and he's yep. like... What that mean? Now, is that what was the impetus for like bringing out the hose? See, I don't know if it was the impetus or if that had been slowly going on, right? But because he did wear the hat, he did right gold chains. He was being that, and also the the vest. Yes, and 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 did he have a cane? I'm not sure. He didn't have the cane yet. Okay, but by the fall of '98. When the nation was still a thing, all of a sudden we have, the, he's officially the Godfather. He's just the Godfather. He's no longer comma. It's, that's gone. And the Godfather was another benefactor of this. Right. He. It was awesome. Beneficiary. Essentially, the Godfather became one of the most over people on the roster. And all it took was this, like, pimpin' hoes nationwide. Like, yep. he had a catchphrase, yep. right, which was very popular back. Everyone and did. Everyone had a catchphrase. So, when the Godfather got one, he actually got one of the most more popular ones, I thought. Like, I thought so, too. Everyone knew every line he said. And, and basically, he'd do the thing. Right. But this train of hoes, which was just basically essentially local actresses and models that they'd be like, you want me in the show tonight? And they would follow him to the ring. Yep. Essentially, every week I felt they kept escalating it. Yeah. The hoe train. Right. And the hoe train just kept getting longer and longer and longer until it got to this like laughably big size. And it was just really stupid. (laughs) But everyone at these live shows. It was just so fun. 
He was just a fun character. And I think a lot of it, too, is nobody had said the word ho on TV. Well, Jim Duggan did. Right. But you know what? In that context, and not that it's good, I'm not like advocating saying prostitution. That. Yeah. All I'm saying is that like it was just dumb. He was this parody of like a 1970s like like Pimp. Ver- yeah. Let's like, be honest. That's like what he, it is. He, that's what he was. That's and what it, they were doing. And it was like a, a goofy thing. And he was now flash not, funk, but over right, exactly, and, and more explicit about what it was. Right. It was just it was just stupid and fun. It was and everyone kind of got a kick out of it. In and the that crowd. was that. It's time once again for everybody to come aboard the train. Man, I know that I ain't the only one. And he had the the running uh, corner splash called the Ho Train. Right. Remember yeah. that where he would like charge up. I always loved how enthusiastically he would like do it too. Like it was just yeah. really fun. Charles Wright, from what I've heard, is a fun loving, like, you know, outgoing guy. Right. So to have him as like a voodoo guy and then like a serious He never had a gimmick that right. turned his personality up to eleven, which is what everybody back then says is what it takes to have uh, made it. Well, these go to eleven. Right. So is he number four, or is there anyone else, Quinn, do you think that can compete with that spot? The only guy I can think is the the fourth of the, the big four was Mark, Mark Henry. Henry. But the problem is, is I don't think Mark was a big deal because of the nation. I think no. post-nation, he got bigger, uh, specifically when the whole brainerism and being Devo's <laughs> goon and all that. Like, and, and sexual chocolate. Sexual chocolate. But all that shit was like, the nation was kind of disbanded at that oh, point. Oh, it was a year after. Yeah, like, the, <laughs> sexual chocolate to me is when Mark Henry became like a f- big deal. I agree. Normally, uh, we would try to get more guys to discuss here, but I think the top four is clear. Was May Young hand thing? That wasn't during the Nate. Was he still? No, the he was sexual. That? He chocolate. was still Delo's friend, though. No, he was a heel. Okay, so no, no, no yeah. more Delo. Okay, uh, but yeah, what what got Mark Henry over? And no one cared about Mark Henry from like ninety six to ninety nine. Stupid USA attire. Yeah, like. and then joined the nation, but no one really cared. He was just a heavy for the nation. That's Although he all had that he good match with Vader. He did. That it. was like right during the nation. Yeah, yeah. and he had that. Remember that. Huh arc with China, but it was actually done well. Yeah. Where, like, they, they hated each other, but, but then, like, little by little, him in China. Like, yeah. Like, a girlfriend-boyfriend relationship. Yeah. It was actually really good. So, there was hints, but it wasn't, like, <laughs> to me, it was, like, right, like, right after the nation ended. Mark Henry kind of, he was out on his own, and yep. he just kind of, he kind of grew into a character, really. I think so. Yeah. So, Godfather's number four, right? There's no doubt about this one. I think Godfather eclipsed Mark Henry. It's not by a lot, I think. No, I don't think but so I either. I think the Godfather enjoyed his success the most while he was in the nation. Yes. He I, still he still went on and the after, Godfather and run. After. Yeah, like the Godfather run went on for like 2 years like after the nation. But. Yeah. It basically went on until he became the good father. Yeah, that's when it ended the whole right to censor, which <laughs> that was annoying. That should be uh, Mount Rushmore. How do we even There was like th- <laughs> There's 300 no. people in it, too. I <laughs> We're mean, not doing right to censor. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we're just calling it what it is, right? Godfather's number four. Godfather. Gotta be Godfather. All right. Pimpin' ain't easy for number four, The Godfather. Well, to recap for Donnie, our Mount Rushmore of Nation of Domination members is The Rock. Yep. Farouk. D'Lo Brown and The Godfather. That's the dream lineup right yeah, there. As it is, that's right? probably the best one. That's yeah. a good lineup. Uh, so that's our Mount Rushmore, folks. Be sure to send us yours. You can do that on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Email us or do what all the cool kids are doing or all the old guys are doing and join the <laughs> Facebook group. Quinn, um, 
I'm going to give you one of the worst. Sure. Crush. Yeah. <laughs> prison crush. crush. Prison crush. <laughs> so this was basically like the prison crush character as a whole. Right? Like, Pretty much. It, he got out of prison. He's mad. His lawyer's Clarence Mason. It's like they shared like a common thing. Like Mason was the manager for Nation. Yes. And he also managed Crush. And then eventually they were just like, you want to be in this thing, Crush? And he's like, okay, brah. And then... <laughs> And then he's just stupid. I, I hate all of it. And the problem with this, it goes from like minor annoyance to like just the worst. Yeah. Is when he like leaves the nation and starts the DOA, but it's Ugh. because of the nation. Like, it is. That is the impetus for the fucking DOA. I hate it. Listen, Crush, Chains, and the Harris brothers riding in on Harley's. They should have been heels. They yeah. would be this day and age, right. honestly, yeah. in most of the country. They were a biker gang. <laughs> a thinly yeah. veiled white supremacist biker gang. Right. I mean, that's kind of what was happening there, right? Two of them, the Harris brothers, actually are right. white supremacists. Yes. Don't sue us for libel. Right. But, <laughs> no, but, like, really? Yeah. I just don't know why this had to happen. And the, and the problem, the, to further, like, exasperate the problem, right? Yeah, exasperate it. Yeah, whatever. To further, like... Fur- don't do that too much or you go blind. To further the issue, right? You had that endless Los Bariquas shit. God, yeah, uh, because someone else was also kicked out at the yeah, same time as Crush. Right. Do you want to volley anyone to me? Well, I want to volley one. Because <laughs> volley away. to me, this is the worst one. Okay, go ahead. Ahmed Johnson. Okay. This was, it was like he should have always been a face to me. I don't know why. Like, he just came off more of as a face, Ahmed Johnson, personally. He's he, like this guy that's like, you know, he, he's coming, he's working his way from the bottom to the top. And I just like the whole baby face feel of him. Right. They, they almost an air of like, he's young and he's hip and da da da. And I just, I always like the baby face version better. And I just didn't think this nation thing was necessary for him. Well, don't you also kind of feel like storyline wise, he gave in? Right. And that's, that to me is the worst part about it is why should the face be a defeatist? Is like, I can't beat him. I'm going to join him. I yeah, just who was he, Sting? It made even more sense with, like, Owen than it did Ahmed. And, you know, the other problem, as I mentioned earlier in the show, Ahmed's always injured. Right. So he was only able to be in the nation for, like, less than two months. Right. To me, this destroyed Ahmed for all time. There was no turning back after this. This was pretty much the final nail in the coffin of his career. When he came back, and he was there until early 98. Right. No one cared. No one cared at all. Yeah, they should have kept him heel when he came back, and then maybe he would have still had life, but he was a face when he came back. Right. They just fucked it all up, because The Rock took his spot. That's what it was. Right, exactly. And I just, I thought this was a disaster. <laughs> I I can't stand it, and I just didn't think it made sense for a guy that had feuded just so long with them. Like, it just... That's the thing! Like, <laughs> it was forever he fought them. He had this big thing, remember, Legion of Doom? <laughs> like kitchen like, sink. Came, came to assist him God. and all this, and like, I, this is shitty. First of all, if y'all don't shut the hell up, I'm gonna come out there and kick all your asses. I'm gonna volley another one to you. Sure. PG thirteen. Wolfie Ice. Yes. I'm Wolfie. Wolfie Ice. Yes. That's a sit. They're like they're like Furnace and Philip Lafon. Wolfie and JC Ice. Now Wolfie D and JC Ice. Now, folks, if you're not familiar with who those guys are, <laughs> they were in the USWA version. Yeah. Of of the Nation of Domination, which we're not going to really get into. But they were in the WWF one, too. Yes. They were the white rappers for the NOD. Yeah. 
and the nod. They basically rapped over the initial theme song. Now, that we was are cool. the nation of domination. Yeah. Go call your mother or whatever now, they now, say. You, I actually thought that was neat at the time. Like I was like, because I rap was like kind of an emerging thing still. You know, Tupac era and all this. I don't know much about rap. Tupac, three Pac, whatever it takes. You know, Coolio. All, you know, it, it's the nineties, <laughs> yeah, man. Sir, mix a lot. Yeah. So I just thought this was third base. I, I thought this was cool, but yeah, you thought it was him when they started like wrestling and stuff. Oh, they're horrible. Like that's when it just okay. Like enough. <laughs> you know what I always found funny? Their name. Oh, badass PG thirteen. Oh, mild nudity and maybe a cuss word. Why shouldn't they be triple X, like rated triple X or something? Or uh, there already is a triple something in the company, so I guess they can't be that. The problem with them is that they were like useless goons. Yeah, you well, know, because they were skinny dudes and like they looked like us. Right. That to but me dirtier. That to me is the problem is that you're in like a wrestling faction. You need to like at least have a little girth to you, like to even give some backup. Mm. But then again, there was two of them and they were kind of like twins. So I thought like, well, if they team up together, maybe that's what's supposed to be the equalizer. Is that kinda what like, it was supposed to be? Kind of like the Bella twins, right? It's like they stink individually, but like when, <laughs> when they use twin magic, they win, right? Is that what it is? The Bella twins are the uh, now equivalent to PG-13. Oh my God. Also for the record, uh, JC Ice <laughs> is Bill Dundee's son. What? I thought he was... These guys were, like, legit rappers that were in wrestling, not the other way around. Are they you were serious? Yes, I really thought that. Wow, the more you learn, you know, yeah, as things I, go wait, on here, Quinn. I thought they were, like, an actual something. PG-13. Are you serious? Yeah, because they didn't look like wrestlers, so I just thought that... No, they were wrestlers. I put the, I put the way that they looked together with the fact... That they never wrestled to think they were actual rappers. Wait, and, really? Yeah, like no, I thought, they're wrestlers. I thought that this was like Vince trying to get you know, like oh, rap is popular. There's this rap group, and I'm going to have them join WWF. Well, he did do that a year later with really? with uh, ICP. But right. no, these guys were actually wrestlers. And maybe the ICP thing furthered my belief that that's maybe. what this was. But I the whole time I thought these guys were like no, they went to clubs or something. Like maybe they weren't like a big rap band because WWF can't afford that. But I thought that they were just. <laughs> rap band. Yeah, I just thought they were rappers. That's all. No, they wrestled on channel whatever the hell with Lance Russell in Memphis. Really? Yes, I, I they're Memphis knew. wrestlers. They don't look like wrestlers. I know. That's, That's why they weren't there long. Well, they suck. So they're a contender. So yeah. do we have our worst yet, Quinn? Is it Prison Crush? Is it Ahmed? PG-13? Well, we have a couple to go over here. because I, I We have I, no one in yet. I, am, I know we have no one in, but let's get everyone nominated because I think there's not that many. So No, there's not. So Clarence Mason. What did you think of him? Did you think he was bad or good? I think he's the best one that we've mentioned so wow, far. Wow, really? Okay. I do because he served a purpose. He was their legal counsel. Right. And if you're doing badass stuff, you need a lawyer, right? And he was also a pretty good talker. Yeah, he wasn't that bad. Okay, so no Clarence. No, I don't think Clarence is bad. Okay, what about Owen? Owen. We had discussed how, like... <laughs> I, love, I love you, Owen. Who did we compare Owen to before? I don't know, but... Either I, way, the point is, is that this was weird... I never liked this. I never liked it. And he was also the co-leader with The Rock. Yeah. To me, this all this was an excuse for was though that Rock could like feud with Owen like later. Yeah. Like, and, that's all it was. And it led to the great Jason sensation impression. Yeah. And it also led to Owen with the caution tape gear. My least favorite Owen <laughs> gear. Yeah. What the hell am I doing wearing this ridiculous outfit? <laughs> I look like a damn road sign. <laughs> What the hell am I? A 
Crossing! Best sure. part of the Jason sensation thing, besides like the impression itself, is the fact that he has literal caution yeah. tape on over the yeah. black trunks. <laughs> it is that funny. was amazing. Yeah, that was a good touch. Yeah. I don't know why Owen was in the nation. It was embarrassing. To me, it was a punishment. That's what I felt because it was right after Brett got fired. It was like, well, oh, the- you're you are Brett's brother. He's fired. We don't like him. So fuck you. Here's a downgrade. Well, if you think about it, Quinn, all of 98 was a punishment because all he did was look stupid against Triple H when he was yeah. the Blackheart. Right. And then he became Dangerheart, right. which is not his official name, but everyone calls him that. He only started getting rebuilt when he teamed with Jarrett. Yeah. That's when he, that, that to me was, that the, was okay. the, the beginning of the, okay, Owen Hart's good again. Believe it or not, Jeff Jarrett like helped it. It's like the, <laughs> I always say this to you. That's the only time I ever liked Jeff Jarrett ever. That late 98, 99 when run there. tag team Owen Hart. I liked that team a lot. Yeah, it was good. It actually is. That is the only time Jeff Jarrett was ever good. You don't like Aztec Warrior? No. <laughs> All right. Well. well, we've been through this a lot, but Owen in the nation. I don't like me, it. Failure. I, I hated all of it. If they wanted to turn him heel, fine, but they didn't need to put him in the nation. No. As a kid, I remember it because I remember he turned on Ken Shamrock. Right. That's what it was. That's how he turned heel. Shamrock was supporting him after Brett got fired, right? Shamrock was supporting him, but Shamrock was also feuding with The Rock. Right. So Owen was teaming with Shamrock against probably the nation. I don't remember. And Owen turns on him in the match. And then all of a sudden it's like, enough's enough. It's time for a change. That whole thing. And he says, damn, a real lot. And his version of the nation music would start with enough's enough. And it's time for a change. And then it goes to the rocks music. Yeah. Because the rocks music was the nation. music. Okay. Isn't that an amazing thing? Please take this aside. Yes. Isn't that on an aside? Isn't that an amazing thing that the rocks music, which has been modified to hell at this point. Oh, yeah. It's still the basis for the music is still the nation's the, music. The original nation music. Right. Like, yeah. His music is actually like if you if the rock comes out of WrestleMania this year, yep. you are technically hearing another remix of the nation music. There's a lot of layers to that onion, but if you peel it back early enough, yeah. you'll get you We are the, the nation of domination. The rock playing the smack. But Owen, yeah, originally, Rock had, smell what the Rock is cooking. Right. That was the original one. And Owen had, enough's enough, it's time for a change. And it just went into the if song. If I remember, uh, Godfather had, Did he? When he was I, in the I nation think still? they all had di- individual stuff. Dilo had his own, too. Yeah. Well, he had his own theme later, remember? You're looking you at the, the real dude now. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was good. Anyway, uh. Yeah, own. I don't think own is. I don't like own in the nation. But yeah, what about Savio Vega? Fuck. Oh my god. This was the thing to me that another thing that ruined Savio. You know, the initial nation. It was very prominent in how it ruined everyone but Farouk. Like, <laughs> and like every the initial pack of them all sucked. Farouk crushed Savio and like that lady or whatever, and that, that weird lady. That, I don't, who is she? There's, She's like. They had, like, other random people with them, yeah. too. Remember at Survivor Series 96? It's yeah. like, who are these people? Well, that, I always thought that was funny that they had the suits with them, because yeah, that's how D'Lo started. Yes. He was one of the suits, but... Remember that lady? <laughs> that weird lady, and, like, the she wore the leopard print. I remember her. But why did Savio give a shit? I don't know why he was in it, and then he just had trench coats and a, and a stupid hat on. <laughs> yeah. Like, and he just looked dumb. That's, like, in all seriousness... As much as like I'm not like a big Savio Vega fan, that's the worst period of time for him. 
Yeah, even Los Bariquas was better. It's better. Yeah. And then Face Savio in 96 is good. Just I don't care what in, anyone says. As an indescript member of the Nation of Domination. He that, is indescript. Yeah, that is the worst Savio ever. The Nation? Yeah, yeah. it's horrible. Oh, who's number one, Quinn? Okay, so I think that we've established that Crush... Let's get eligible first. Crush? Um, Crush is eligible. Definitely uh, JC, Icy Wolf, like those guys. <laughs> White Wolf. I, I'll count them as one. And we can't count them as no, two, No, they're, they're, they're one. They're a um, team. Ahmed, definitely. Owen. And Savio. And Savio. So we have five, but okay. we only have four spots. So who's safe, do you think? I think that Ahmed is the safe. worst one. Oh! I think he's the worst. Come on! I, because it just ruined him. Like, he was done. To me, this is what led to that version in WCW where it's a harder him Big T. <laughs> and like Stevie Ray. <laughs> like, all of it is rooted in him joining the nation. While we hold off on Ahmed, yeah. can we agree that maybe Crush is second worst? Crush is maybe second worst. The number one slot competition is between JC Wolfie Ice-D and, um, and Ahmed, personally. They're the worst. <sighs> I feel like Ahmed's tenure was too short. Yeah, but it's like it's career breaking. Like it's like it's so fucked up. It like, did break his career. It, it's it literally destroyed him. He never recovered. Well, we can both agree on PG thirteen going in. Yeah, no doubt about it. We're getting them in then. Okay. The Ahmed saga here. I don't. I'm not sure. I I, I might have to fight for him a little <laughs> okay. bit. Wow, really? Yeah, okay, so JC Ice Wolf Productions. Yeah, Wolfie uh, D. Uh, Wolfie Ice LLC. For number White one, Wolf Productions. PG thirteen. PG thirteen. <laughs> die, die, die. You know, Stupid name. To be honest with you, PG thirteen seems like the most appropriate uh, <laughs> Death Valley nominee ever. Like, like yeah, just, you're right. They just actually, seem like they belong in a Death Valley. Any Death Valley, <laughs> yeah. right? Put yeah. them in there. They're like a giant Gonzalez. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right. So we got PG thirteen in there. Is Crush gonna make it? Uh, well, come on, Quinn. It's okay, Crush. I think Crush. I think he'll make it based off of what we have. Come left. on, okay, man. yeah. Crush. I is have to make look it. at what we had left. That's fine. Okay, Prison Crush. <laughs> he, yeah, fuck him. All like, right. And it led to the DOA. Yeah, that horrible, horrible, faction. horrible faction. Yeah. All right. So for number two, Crush. Die, die, die. DOA is a faction <laughs> that literally couldn't exist today. I mean, it could, but it wouldn't be a face. I don't know, like, I think they'd have the, you know, human rights activists calling the line. Like, I don't know if they could do it. Have you seen the news lately? Yeah, I'm just saying. I, I even, But even so, on, like, TV for a public company, I don't know if they could get away. Like, there'd just be too many complaints. <laughs> I agree with you. My yeah. complaint is that they were horrible yeah. wrestlers. All right, so PG-13 and Crusher. I like that we're narrowing it down, like, after all the nominees. Yeah, this is our good. unique one. Yeah. So we have Ahmed... Owen and Savio. Only one can be saved. Yeah. Who's definitely going in, Quinn? You're I can't not in good conscience not put Ahmed in. Like he has to be in. Over Owen? Yes, he has to be in Death Valley. There's no way. Because Owen's career wasn't ruined by this. Owen's career was ruined before this. It was ruined Honestly, the day Bret Hart yes, got fired. Correct. Like, and then Triple H and Sean just treated them like crap on screen. Yeah, yeah. No one took him seriously. Sergeant Slaughter with the powder with China and the Triple H match at WrestleMania. Owen always loses, looks stupid. If anything, this might be controversial. And oh, it, no. It might be. Hide your, hide your husband, hide your kids. 
in in a sense, what Brett did in Montreal was selfish because of what happened to Owen. Shut up. Think about that. Think about his brother's career because and British Bulldog's career was ruined. No, it wasn't. Bulldog was able to get out of his contract. Right, but he went to WCW. What the fuck did they do? They, Bret Hart went to WCW and his career was ruined. Yes, but the British Bulldog comes back. I was watching a Nitro the other day. He's just generic British Bulldog and garbage. Bret Hart was generic. Yeah, but Bret was booked at the top is the point. When? Near the end. He was the world champion, Oh, in WWF, you mean? No, in WCW. Yeah, it took two years. <laughs> my How is, are we arguing about Bret Hart? Uh, my point is, is that... Owen, How are you calling it selfish because of Owen? Everyone in the Hart Foundation was booked like shit wherever they went after that. To be fair to the late Jim Neidhart and the late Davy Boy Smith, what the fuck else are you going to do with them in 1998? The British Bulldog was still The British Bulldog was okay, <laughs> he was but I mean... Neidhart... Yeah, nine hearts. What are you gonna long. do with them? Well, I'm just saying. Remember when DX gave him the low blow and it was yeah, funny? It was really funny. Uh, as far as Brett, whatever you think of what him leaving in the screw job, Owen tried to get out of the contract. Vince wouldn't let him. Right, and for that he was uh, caution tape and yeah, Nation of Domination, and like he wasn't even. Why was he in the Nation? But you're blaming Brett Hart for all of this. Uh, I mean, what else? There, honestly. Are you serious right now? Why are you blaming Brett Hart? Why would Owen be in that predicament if if Brett didn't go out the way he did? Owen could have also said, you know what? I'm going to not wrestle anymore. Yeah, and then he couldn't wrestle for like, what, three years or something? So? How's he going to make money? He (laughs) wanted to get out of the wrestling business and become a fireman. With uh, the other fireman? (laughs) Yeah, with Bruce. Yeah. Or Keith or whatever one it is. The the, the really skinny one. So is Owen worse than Ahmed then? Okay, good. No, no, no. He isn't. Ah! That's what I'm trying to say. Damn it. I think Owen's career was ruined less by being in the nation than Ahmed. That, I think, that was the point. I have a hot take for you. Yeah. I think Ahmed's career was ruined by being a very bad professional wrestler that always got injured well, or that's hurt true, people. But it, uh, uh, the, the uh, nation, uh, Joe, uh, 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 the nation, you even said it on this podcast earlier. Like what? this was like, this was what finished him off. It was the final death now. Like, it was. This is, this was the final blow. So Savio Vega can be number three, and we'll fight it that between Owen and Ahmed. Fine. Because Savio yeah, should make Savio's it. Yeah, Savio's a shoe in because he just sucks. <laughs> Kerry Von Erich is, too. Yeah. For number three, Savio Vega. Die, die, die. Between Ahmed and Owen. Who's the better wrestler? <laughs> <laughs> well, Owen is, so I don't know okay. why you want to put him in hang that on, body. Hang yeah. on. Who's the better promo? <laughs> Well, <laughs> who, who's the most entertaining promo? I'd say Ahmed. That's it, Dewey boy, or whatever he says in the Warzone stuff. Oh my god! Are you gonna? You got to drop that promo from Warzone. Oh, I will. Don't yeah. worry. Where he says Dewey boy or whatever. Hey, you want to play like that? There ain't nothing between us but Arab Dewey boy. So you're telling me that Ahmed was hurt worse by joining the nation than Owen was? No doubt about that. Yeah, without question. Owen had a career. It wasn't as great. Ahmed, nothing. Like, it was just, he wore a backwards, like, hat or something in WCW with Stevie Ray. And he never, did he even wrestle ever in WCW after that? I don't even know. It may, yeah. Probably. But the thing is, is that Ahmed got injured. Mm-hmm. If he had not gotten injured whilst in the Nation of Domination, mm-hmm. who knows how that would have turned out? I'm just saying, I just think that this is. It wouldn't have turned out. I just think he was done the moment he joined because it's like you were in a big feud with the nation, right? He was a face. The whole time. And what does he do? He feuds with them for like a year. And then he's like, ah, I can't beat him. 
he's a quitter. I don't care about this guy ever. I would never care ever after that. But Owen joined for the same reason. He yeah, was but like, Owen I've was had in, enough of all this. It's right. time for a change. But Owens was rational. It's I was. Oh, in a, come on. Think about it. He was in a faction feuding with another faction. Now he's by himself. He's the lone heart. What the fuck is he supposed to do? Keep that, his head up and keep fighting like Ahmed should have, like you said. Yeah, but Ahmed was fighting from day one. Owen was like a member of a faction. So Owen's the lesser of the two is what you're saying. Yeah, I think... So he should go, but I think everything, <laughs> so he should go in Death Valley. No, 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 because I think Owen, he at least got something out of being in the nation. I think Ahmed just, they, it ruined him. What, what did Owen get out of being in the nation except stupid attire? Got him a feud with The Rock. No, he was a team with The Rock. No, but remember they feuded later. Owen and The Rock never feuded. Yeah, didn't they? Oh, no, they didn't. What are you right. talking they about? They got him a feud with Triple H is what I meant. No, he had that already earlier in 98. I, try cut, again. Cut this La- out. Last yeah. try. No, I like this. Try again. No, I can't I can't remember now. He feuded with somebody, no. though, out of it. He just teamed with Jeff Jarrett when the nation disbanded. Are you sure about that? Quinn. Uh, okay. I, I can't believe there- we're putting Owen Hart in Death Valley over Ahmed Johnson. How are Hang we doing on. That? Hang on here. There's a very mature way to handle this. Evens or odds. Rock, paper, scissors. But Can you we put just play rock, paper, scissors? Because I don't like evens or odds. <laughs> okay. So. Okay, here we if go. If I win, yeah. Owen Hart goes in. I can't believe if you want to you win, Owen. Ahmed Johnson goes in. Two out of three falls. Okay. All right? I'll announce it. Yeah. Rock, One, two, paper, scissors, three. Shoot. Tie. Tie. Scissors, scissors. Scissors, scissors. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Ah, uh, Quinn with, with rock the Rock beating the scissors. So okay. one nothing Quinn. Nothing. All right, rock paper scissors. Ha! Paper 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 paper. Rock paper scissors. Ah! Oh, the Rock gets the one scissors one. this time. We're one not, to one. We're not making this up. It really this is, is real. One one. Check out the raw feed. Yeah. All right, yeah. this is the final fall. Rock, rock paper scissors. Ha! Ah! The ah! Covers no! the Rock. The paper covers the Rock. The papers champion. Which means Owen Hart, and I love you, Owen. I can't believe you're putting Owen Hart in anything. But I love you, Owen. I really do. Okay, put him in if you want. I just, I just thought it was, Johnson sucks. I thought it was awkward. You nominated him. Oh, well, he was nominated. I just didn't think he'd make it. That's all. Well, he made it. You oh. didn't think I beat you in rock, paper, scissors, did you? Okay, then. For number four. I just thought you wouldn't want a Hart in Death Valley. I like Owen Hart yeah. a real lot, but I didn't like him in the nation. But we should do the more Death Valley of Hart family members. Oh, that'd be good for the extra. Yeah. <laughs> for number four, love you, Owen. Die, die, die. All right, to recap for Donnie here, we got PG-13. Crush, Icy Wolf D. Icy Wolf D. Yeah. Crush, because he's always good. Yeah. Does Crush ever not made a Death Valley? Like, Has he, he ever made a, a He's Rushmore. never made a Rushmore, yeah. right? Savio Vega, unfortunate period of time in his career. Uh, the worst. And same for Owen Hart. Uh, that is our Mount Rushmore and Death Valley of Nation of Domination members. Good uh, good teamwork here to yeah, get that. good one. And uh, folks, we are coming back because ECW, something big happened with them in 1999. We yeah. wanted to get into this. So we'll, we're going to come back. We're going to review something. Get a little out of our WWF, WCW realm here. Yeah, let's go. Let's go extreme. Let's get a little extreme here for uh, episode number 99. We'll be back right after this. Thank you. 
Hi, Tom Bodette for Motel 6. Well, since this Y2K computer bug is going to plunge our civilization into an era of complete and utter darkness, it makes sense to see the light at Motel 6 before it's too late. That way you can enjoy the apocalypse from your clean, comfortable room as the world outside crumbles and comes to an end. Or not. Call 1-800-4-MOTEL-6 and we'll leave the light on for you. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for being with us here on episode number... 99! Thank you very much, Quinn. Uh, Quinn, did you know there are other wrestling podcasts out there? There are? Yeah, there are, and they're oh. independent ones. You know, no big names, no big sponsors, uh, no big Conrad, but there's other quality oh, wrestling podcasts I thought we were there. the only one that no. had no sponsors. I thought we were just by ourselves, all lonely. No, there's other ones out there, and we're going to shout them out. You know, some friends of the show that we like to support. Let's start with the wrestling podcast about nothing, WPAN. That's a show, Quinn, that is hosted by two guys that have actually worked in the business. One is an independent wrestling referee that yep. is currently on an extended hiatus. That'd be Mean Mike, Big Daddy Crockett. Right, the biggest of daddies. The biggest of daddies, the uh-huh. meanest of mics. <laughs> and uh, another big guy that hosts the show with him is a wrestler. Quinn, he's ROH's own, the kingpin Brian Malonis. Yes, the Wine City Whaler himself. I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing him at the April MSG show. I hope he's there. I hope he's there too. But if he's not there, he is every week with Mike Crockett. And what these guys do is they bring their perspective as guys that have worked in the business. They bring that to their podcast. So sometimes you'll get an interview with some people maybe that they've worked with or they know. You get some inside perspective, but also fan recollections. Great show. Check them out every Monday, the wrestling podcast about nothing, WPAN. Also check out on Thursdays, Greetings from Allentown, GF Allentown. Quinn, that's a one-man show. What do they say? One is the loneliest number? One is the loneliest number, that yeah. That you ever knew? That you ever knew. That's and, the uh, song. Petey Winston, Quinn, is quite an artiste, if I ever knew one. He's Artie. Uh, <laughs> he is Artie Winston. Artie Winston. <laughs> and what he does is each week, under the guise, under the pretense of a retro wrestling show, he'll review something, but he will interweave into that some recollections, some anecdotes aside stories about how he was in the er and things like that yeah, the show yeah i didn't <laughs> listen to that episode is it the show or was it the the emergency room oh, actually the emergency room <laughs> yes it's quite a unique show it's really a great podcast and it is called gf allentown greetings from allentown the uh, the thoughts of one man in his retro wrestling show so check that out on thursdays and also check out our southern fried friends quinn Howdy ho. Howdy ho down there. That is booking the territory with Mike Mills and his crew. And what they do is they go south of the Mason-Dixon line. They eat their country fried steak. Yep. And they talk about the NWA in the mid-80s, the Crockett years. And they also talk about Smoky Mountain. Great show. They're the unprofessional wrestling podcast in their words. So we want you to check out those three friends of the show, the wrestling podcast about nothing. Greetings from Allentown and booking the territory. Give those guys a listen. Check them out. You won't be disappointed. But Quinn, we are reviewing something. Uh, yes, we are. It's uh, it's rather extreme. Yeah, it is extreme. Now, five years ago, in 1994, we reviewed ECW. Right. And that was kind of like their, their rising period. Yeah, their, the period where they ascended from the ashes. 1995, 96, and 97 were their really, really peak years, their prime years. Right. And 98 was good, too. Right. And in 99, they were still holding strong. They had, they had sent some talent or lost some talent, I guess, to both WWF and WCW over like the years. It was a rebuilding year for ECW. They were they had lost a lot of the, the talent from the origins of 94. 
They did. Um, they really didn't have most of those people left. A couple they had of some mainstays. A couple of mainstays like Tommy Dreamer, Raven. Sandman. Raven. Well, Sandman was gone now. In oh, WCW. oh, right. Hardcore hack. But they did have Raven back. Right. He had gone to WCW and then came back. And they had Rob Van Dam, Sabu. A, right. a bunch of guys were still around. And, and the Taz, Taz. The Taz. Most importantly. Yeah. And in 1999, this is ECW on TNM, August 2799. This is the debut episode of ECW, the little promotion that could. Yep. Finally getting on cable television national cable yes. t- more importantly this national. was in every state this wasn't just syndicated like and you had to find it at 3 a.m and that right. show was still on yes. hardcore tv this was actually a big deal because of the fact of ecw's limited availability and weird time slots like that's what the appeal of this was it's i can watch ecw at a reasonable and consistent hour not i mean friday reason- nights reasonable meaning for them like it was like 10 or 11 o'clock but yeah. still the point was is that it was on it this hour every night on the same channel yep. throughout the country and it was a big deal now it was on TNN now TNN had previously been known as the Nashville network which how to hoe down there yeah. your tractor yeah. pulls and all that stuff right no self-respecting suddenly uses instant grits kind of the uh the, either the competitor or maybe they coexisted with cmt country music television right similar show a little bit of channel. country a little bit of um, rock and roll. no no and a little bit of like it had like sports that that are down south like i know it had yeah. like sports yeah you know like bull riding and <laughs> stuff like that i yeah. you don't consider bull riding a sport i guess i do quinn i don't want to offend a, anybody very hard sport actually it is very yeah. hard to do you can yeah. also do it at your local bar for a quarter yeah. <laughs> but uh so but CNN had gotten rid of the Nashville Network branding in 1998. At this point, they were just known as TNN. In 2000, when the WWF hopped on in September, they were in the midst of their transition, which was like a year-long transition to slowly push out a lot of the the regional Nashville-y stuff. Yeah, and they were transitioning. They wanted to be a men's interest-focused network. Like That's kind of what they were going for. Like I I don't begrudge them for the idea because you had lifetime television for women. They were going to be the the television for men like that that's what that's literally what the concept was you're absolutely right and that would become spike tv in the early 2000s but right now we're in the midst of that transition but what better way to get some ratings to to welcome this new change than the wrestling show the third largest promotion that there was at this point in the u.s one of the most popular things amongst men it actually was yeah and let's see how they did now obviously we know how it wound up Uh, this cost them a lot of money to actually be on this network because of the production values that were required which we'll touch on yeah and also TNN meddled. There was some meddling. Well, we'll see that later with <laughs> yeah. some of the uh, the plugs yeah. in the middle of this show. <laughs> and they uh, they gave Paul a hard time about a lot of things, but it was a great start, I would say. So let's get right into it, Quinn. This is available on the WWE Network, and that's oh. the version we're using for the sake of quality purposes. Right. And uh, if you want to find it, so WWE marks, it's all in the same section, so it's a little confusing. It's all under ECW's, like, tel- the television programming yeah, section. it is. However, the original show was called ECW Hardcore TV, and by this point, nineteen ninety, you'll see like Hardcore TV, like three hundred, right? Whatever the fuck, right? Yep. But like by differentiating them, they like they split them off. This is just called ECW Wrestling. ECW Wrestling, number yes. one, so, like number one. So if you're looking for it, that's what it is. That's how you find it. And we get a cold open, or perhaps I should say a hot open, uh-huh. <laughs> with the Dudleys throwing balls Mahoney through a flaming table. That's literally the first thing. <laughs> like it, 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 like fades in kind of, and like they're imme- they just immediately light it on fire. Like the moment it yep. fades in, it's like perfect. It is. It's very emblematic of ECW. Right. Joey Styles says, "This is not WWF. It's not WCW." It's ECW on TNN. This is not the 
You also like the intro you said? Yes, I like it because I like that monolithic, like, the logo coming out of, like, rocks or something. Right. I just always thought, I don't know, it just fits the show. It's like, it, it's fine. It, it's like, oh, there's, like, 3D graphics, you know? Like, it wasn't just, like, a graphic on the screen. Right. Like, it, I don't know, it's just better. So in the intro, RVT, RVD kicks Jerry Lynn. You said that was the best tights that Jerry Lynn had in his it's career. It's true. It's, like, the shiny ones. Yeah. They're, like, a little loose, but not, like, they're perfect. They're the, <laughs> that's the Jerry Lynn I expect, like, he looks like he's sort of from the future. Yeah, a little but futuristic. He, but he's not yet the wrestler Mickey Rooney or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did wind up uh, being very much compared to yeah. him in like 08, 09. Yeah. Uh, women fight in the intro. Lance Storm is there. More RVD. Dreamer, Raven, Taz, Bill Molecule, yep. as you call him, Quinn, yep. the referee. Him. The intro's like three minutes long, by the way. So we need to tell people this is like everything is like it's complete reintroduction. Yep. Like they do the long version of the intro. Like this is the song. That's ECW right. song. Like we're going to play it all the way. And we're going to show a million clips that we're going to show the full intro. Like every single thing. The intro is clipped later on. Like, right. Of course. But you have to remember this is the largest audience they've ever had. So they right. really there is a need to really introduce people like hold them by the hand basically right. and say this is what ECW is. Right. And they do a lot of that throughout the show. It's it's well done. Yeah. Uh, Joey Styles welcomes us from Toledo, Ohio. Not exactly a hotbed of ECW. Yep. But we, it also, but it had a match. So It had a match. Yeah. And it's the heartland of America, you know, yeah. Ohio. We get a rundown of guys like Jericho, Malenko, Luminaries, you know, Taz, yeah. Bam Bam. But Joey says the greatest ECW TV champion is Rob Van Dam, Mr. Pay-Per-View. Yeah, the current. And, you know, I think that's a great way to introduce um, somebody like RVD. It's like, here's all these names that you know and you've seen in WCW and WWF, yep. right? But you know who the greatest champion of them all is? The guy that we have. Yep. The guy that's the current champion. Like, that's awesome. Yep. That's perfect. That's, like, exactly what you should be saying. Absolutely. So, RVD enters with Bill Alfonso. We get clips of him winning the belt from Bam Bam right. a long time ago. This is in the middle of RVD's, like, almost two-year run right, as right. TV champ. And his music is very overdubbed with some generic punk stuff. If it didn't screw up the commentary, I I don't care. Yeah, right? I know. honestly, it's but like it's, <laughs> it's hard with ECW because they used a lot, a lot, a lot of licensed music. Yes, I can't really begrudge WWE. Like they no. they had to. How could they even track down all right. these people? There's like hundreds of episodes, thousands maybe episodes throughout their library yeah. of stuff. They, they they do what they have to do. Um, you can still hear Joe on commentary, so I really it's it's not it's faint though. It's faint, but it's not super low. I've seen no, much worse I on the network, too. so this is fine. <laughs> It must have been an editing nightmare in Stanford to yeah. get all this ECW stuff on the network. And this was of all some the, the overdubbing. Yeah, this was some of the earliest stuff on the network. It was? Yeah. They the must ECW have done this stuff. early. Yeah, so holy shit. Like the <laughs> amount of months that went into that you have to go through every single episode. Joe, you know, you're the know. editor of this show. <laughs> yeah, it's true. That'd be a lot of work. Yeah. Uh, so Jerry Lynn is already in the ring as we get the in-ring introductions, which are hard to hear. I don't know why. Uh, referee is John Finnegan, not Molecule Quinn. But he, he's like baby Molecule. <laughs> the like other he, Molecule. He, molecule without the goatee. And overall, Quinn, as we mentioned, the production values are all-time high for anything we've seen in ECW. Oh, yeah, but that's what led to that their bankruptcy. So <laughs> I mean, it, It's like, oh, that's nice that it looks good. Yeah. Too bad the company won't exist in another like year and a half. <laughs> Plus, you said they're also kind of sacrificing some of the grittiness. Yes, that's the unfortunate part, too. 
ECW had a definitive look on the hardcore TV program. They did. Um, that I personally liked it. Yeah. It made it feel like anything could happen because this was like sub professional, but like in a good way. It's <laughs> a good way to put it. Yeah. Actually. Like, you know what I mean? Like, professional. It's, it's not professional. So maybe some shit that you're not expecting could happen here. Right. And it takes like a little bit of that unpredictability out of it and it looks more like a show. Yeah. But as we know, TNN wanted it to look like the other wrestling that was on cable TV right. and hence we have this. Uh, let's get to the match here. Lockup side headlock by RVD. Leapfrog exchange and a fast exchange of moves that leads to a standoff. Two applause from the crowd. Another lockup as we get clips of Lynn's cradle pile driver finisher on guys like Taka Michinoku, yeah. which was interesting was to see. Weird, yeah. right? RVD with some kicks and punches. Springboard corner drop kick by Lynn sends RVD outside. Lynn heads up and does a splash to the outside. We get a small little ECW chance. ECW. Easy dub. Lynn back in and nails RVD with a guillotine leg drop for two chops. Woo! To RVD in the corner. I thought that was interesting that the woos were happening. Oh, they were wooing. <laughs> and they were wooing in WCW also. Oh, right? definitely. Yeah, yep. that started when Flair was gone, I think, in like 97, 98 with that standoff with Bischoff okay. that he had. I it was think. like the tr- everyone that did a chop was getting the woo. Yeah. Or like basically to remind them, hey, you fired like the best person in your company. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Second rope bulldog by Lynn for two. He heads up again, but Alfonso trips him and brings a chair in. RVD sets up a Van Daminator, which is blocked by Lynn, but RVD fights back with a spinning kick off the second rope, which sends Lynn to the outside as we go to commercial. We're back with both men on the outside as RVD does a flying dive over the guardrail onto Lynn, who's now busted open. Brawl in the crowd. Lynn fights back as we get an odd extreme (laughs) replay with like low-key funk music. Yeah, so this is weird because I was like, what is this, like the NBA? It's like literally when you come back from an NBA game and they show you like the basketball for a second and then they're like, a couple minutes ago, this happened. It's like, but like the game's happening and they're not showing it to you and they're only showing the replay. Like, weird. What? Like, it's weird because they don't do it in wrestling. Right. Usually, they usually do it in sports. Yes. And it's that's such like a Paul Heyman. Like, you know, he's like, let's try something different. Let's do what the NBA and the and you know baseball's doing yeah, and shit. Like exactly. with their replays. Back in with RVD has a northern light suplex for two up top, and Lynn does a sunset flip off the top rope, followed by a huge short arm clothesline. Lynn goes outside and sets up a table. Brawl outside, RVD. Back drops Lynn over the guardrail and then nails him with an alley-oop Van Dam. I like that. because it. So what it was is Rob Van Dam passes the chair to Alfonso and then Alfonso throws it to Lynn and then RVD hits him with his feet. So yeah. it, it was it was perfect. It was. It, it was it, really it well was done. literally like an alley oop Van Terminator. Very, very good spot there. Yeah. That gets a better ECW chant and we go to commercial again. We come back and RVD kills Lynn with a chair in the ring. And then counters a tornado DDT with a clothesline and a leg drop for two. Lynn fights back and does a sunset flip to the outside through the table that he set up earlier. Both men are out. We get the NBA Jam replay again. <laughs> and that, that's when I start humming the like... RVD misses a spin kick and Lynn whacks Alfonso with a chair followed by a German suplex for two. Body slam and Lynn heads up but is mule kicked in the face by RVD. That was rough. Rough kick. That was rough. He did not fuck around. That was just like, he he didn't even like the side of his foot, like the actual soul (laughs) in his fucking face. Beautiful. (laughs) Then RVD goes up, sets up a a top rope belly to belly but Lynn tries to reverse and they both kind of just awkwardly fall off which the crowd chants you fucked up to him. I didn't think it was the worst it botch wasn't I've the ever worst. seen. It looked like a le- legitimate botch, but it looked like one of those like if people were really fighting, like that would might happen. I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Like, if people were fighting and they both just kind of lost it and fell off the ropes. Yeah, it's, it, it, there's there's botches that look like shit, and then there's botches yeah. that look like 
they make sense in the context of the match. I agree with you. The the shit ones are usually New Jack or Sabu. Right. You know right, what I yeah. mean? This looked na- like a natural botch. Can right. we call it that? Yeah, yeah. organic botch. Na- organic botch. Now available at Whole Foods. Yeah. Uh, Lynn hits his own Van Daminator for a very close two count, and then a sunset flip poorly is reversed by RVD. A bridge up by Lynn, and he sets up for the cradle pile driver, but RVD backdrops out and covers for two. Ugh. Split-legged moonsault by RVD for two. Corkscrew leg drop by RVD. And he, lets, he sets up for the five-star frog splash, but is too dead to make the cover. He yep. finally crawls over, but Lynn cradles him for two. Man, I thought it was Ooh. over there. That was, I was like, shit. Van Dam hits another Van Dam and her heads up for another five-star frog splash, which finally gets the win. Great match. Fantastic honestly. match. Um, Great opener. Three and three-fourths, I would say. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. Three and a half to four stars, man. It is up there. Talk about a great match to start your program Whew. on national television. Honestly, and I wanted to give that its just desserts, honestly, because yeah. it was it was a good match. Yeah, it solid really match, was. and it, it was... It was a good hybrid of a little ECW extremeness with some of the outside stuff, mm-hmm. but like with wrestling too. So it, to me, it's like very much a modern, maybe not, I wouldn't say hardcore match, no. like a modern brawl, a modern brawl, something you would find uh, a lot more commonly in ROH in their heyday and yes. like the late two, mid or, late 2000s. ROH where they would just say like the referee is, is cause it's the main events taking liberties, Correct. That, like that kind of thing. Like yeah. it, it, like the chair is there, but it's not like, it's not the focal de- point. It's not deadly either. Let's put it that way. Good it's point. like, it's like a way to like set your opponent up, get them weary to like do your finisher yeah. kind of thing. It hurts more, but it's not deadly. That's a right. good way to put yeah. it. So we go back to Joey Styles who says nothing very important, but he does plug ECW wrestling. That's extreme championship wrestling, wrestling.com. Yeah. And it's merchandise. And then he has to, of course, plug the uh, season premiere of Roller Jam. Yes, Roller Jam. <laughs> so this was part, ECW was part of like a block. That yes. was the rebranding of TNN. I forget what it was and called. Roller Friday Jam Night Something. was literally like the roller derby, but like <sighs> with like teams. Was, was it women? I don't know was if it, it was women or not. I don't remember but. if it was supposed to be like sexy <laughs> roller girls like on. I, I can't remember. But anyway, it was it was literally roller derby on TV in the late 90s. Which is funny because if you remember that clip we've played of Francesa where yeah. he's like, I used to watch the wrestling. Uh, it came on after the roller derby. Right. And it's funny because the ECW was on before the roller yeah. derby. <laughs> the guys I used to watch on Saturday morning before uh, the roller derby came on. The Bay, the Bay Area Bombers. That should have given them a sign right there. <laughs> Do you think somebody in the back was literally like, oh, it's like we're Vince. Yeah. Like back in the day. In the 60s, yeah. basically. So anyway, we get some clips here uh, of people like Foley, Conan, Saturn, Rick Steiner, Ron Simmons, Chris Voldemort, and Steve Austin. They're all shown as people that the ECW world champion Taz has defeated. Yeah, and they they love making a big deal about Stone Cold, by the way. Uh, yeah, they, I know. They, They're like, look who we had. We had Stone Cold. Like, he fought for the... And they should... To be honest, they should be saying all of this They shit. should. Like, no, I don't fault them at yeah, all. Like, this is what... This is like, you want it... Here's all these people you know. Yep. They wanted this title belt. And Taz beat all of them yeah, at some point Taz or another. Taz beat them. And Austin, to be fair, though, if you know the wrestling, you know, he was only there for, what, six weeks? It wasn't that yeah, long. Yeah, and they're taking this out of context, too, because <laughs> yeah. it's like, basically, like, these guys fought Taz at one point, not when he was the ECW champion. No, like yeah. a long time ago. Yeah, exactly. But it's just... I think they did like what they needed to do. Like I agree. You gotta you gotta stretch the truth a little bit. You like, gotta give the hyperbole. Yeah, it's exactly. not unheard of yeah. in wrestling. They fought Taz. Yeah, these guys they fought Taz. Right. Uh we then get clips of Shane Douglas throwing down the NWA title. Of course we all know that, but it was five years ago to the day, August twenty seventh. I thought that was 19- interesting. Nineteen ninety four, yeah. I thought it was interesting do too. Do you think they timed that? 
Do you think that was like they no they, they, they realized around the time it would debut and say, "Can we debut on this date?" No, because you can't change when a Friday is, Quinn. Yeah, I guess. I, I, <laughs> I think know. they used it to their advantage. Right. And I think if August 27th, 99 wasn't a Friday, they would have just still said like it was about five years ago. I right. think they would have shown okay. it anyway. Five years. I mean, it's a long time. To be the champion, too. <laughs> and they've been yeah. good these five years. Yeah. So Joey says this changed the course of professional wrestling history forever. And you said, well, it's kind of true. Yeah, it did. It started like extreme championship wrestling and it started, you know, a style that would go on to be one of the most popular things of the 90s. I agree with you. Yeah. He also calls the ECW arena infamous which i agree i guess but you know who i'd say is more infamous what sirhan sirhan okay second reference sirhan how often can i get in a famous assassins of the 60s into an ovp show (laughs) it's a great name so we get clips now of raven dreamer sandman who joey says is now in wcw is hardcore hack yeah i wouldn't mention that yeah well, uh, <laughs> yeah. well no because they're trying to get the rub from wcw <laughs> uh terry funk bam bam bigelow and sable uh sable, sable yeah sable <laughs> sabu yeah. and all his scars I, he looked awesome yeah. i love that whole like he has the scars thing and the weird thing is that i was saying to you joe is like he had to before he came to ecw they, yeah, he did like in, in japan it's like, true like he the hell was he doing over I don't there know. Like, how do you even do that? <laughs> but right now, the champion is Taz, and we cut to Chicago, where Taz is in the ring with Rhino. Steve Carino is like lingering around on the outside, basically. Uh, he's not fat, so <laughs> yeah. that's good. Steve Carino sucks. He, I, like, I'm not he a big sucked fan. as a wrestler. I'm he not sucked a fan. as a comedy. What the, is his business <laughs> like in wrestling? I I don't get it. What is his he business? He sucked all around. <laughs> like everything he's ever been involved in in wrestling sucks. And now he just sits all around. Ugh. Around the house, if you know what I'm saying. He doesn't even commentate anymore. They Good. Don't, they don't even let him do that. Well, it's annoying. He just—he's terrible. Taz says some stuff. He's going to make Rhino bleed, and he's going to beat the shit out of him, which is bleep, of course. Uh, Rhino charges in, kicks him, and nails a power bomb. But Taz is up quick, bat- brawl to the outside. Taz dominates. We go back in. We get a head and arm Taz plex, uh, second rope overhead belly to belly by Taz. And you said you loved what Taz was at this point. I love everything about Taz yeah. at this point. I, I do like, too. I just like that he's got this like. There's something real about him. Gritty. Uh, gritty and just... Hard-nosed. He's got a look. And he does. He, 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 now he's talking with his accent. And I just... I love everything about the whole Taz package. I do, too. And it always upset me that, like, he got hurt in WWF. Yeah. Like, it was like, fuck. Like, he was... He made it. He like, was hot when he came in, Yeah, too. it was like, oh, fuck, it's Taz. Like, yeah. he, and he's Taz. And then they changed him to, like, janitor trunks. And then... <laughs> yeah, like, that... And then he got hurt. And he feuded with JR. Yeah. <laughs> Remember Horrible. that? Horrible. Picks a fight with Jim Ross. It always pissed me off. But if you want to see good Taz, it's right here. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So he slides a table into the ring and sets it up in the corner and does a double underhook back suplex through the table. And then Quinn, the cut the hajime. Yes, I love... I always love that Joey it has why does his move have two no- it's the Kandahajame the Taz mission every, every time. time every single time it was a pretty good Joey Styles yeah. plan it was oh, the inflection. I didn't even mean to yeah really yeah oh, I, you that, fooled me because I was just like that's what he says I always would say it with Joey when I would watch you said it well yeah it was good I have experience I guess <laughs> <laughs> so the Taz after the win he just throws Rhino through the rest of the table for fun <laughs> like just a jerky move yeah, well fuck him I know. Like, he's, Rhino, no, he's nobody at this point no Rhino in 99 wasn't anything he would work his way up and became you know in my mind a very good worker I like yeah. Rhino he in also 2000 eventually won the title the last ECW champion yeah, right. was yeah. Rhino uh, Joey shows some clips of Sabu actually hitting 
all of these spots, which was they had to dig deep in the archives for that. Because by '99, <laughs> okay, he was a botch machine, man. Uh, Maybe okay. the Sable comparison was apt. They were uh, both <laughs> on the same level as wrestlers by '99. And the botching is the charm of Sap. It's not though. He's wild, Joe. You yes. don't know. Like he 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 doesn't care. Yeah, he's so wild he'll miss a dive by three feet. Man, <laughs> exactly. He is he's a wild man. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we're back uh, now from the Hammerstein Ballroom as uh, Big Sal Graziano is facing Spike Dudley. What's this again? The mob faction LBI or whatever? Like, what <laughs> yeah, is it? Long Beach Island, yeah. Quinn. Not the FBI, the full-blooded uh, yeah. Italians. Yeah. Uh, before I can even correct you on what their name is, Quinn, Spike nails the DDT <laughs> for the win. Yeah. That was awesome. And then we get like a fake highway to hell. I'm pretty sure it's dubbing over the real song. I, I'm pretty sure Spike's music was highway to hell. Like, I wonder why, though. Who cares? Like, yeah, it's, it's, okay. like it, it's, some, it's something that sounds cool in the late 90s. <laughs> Very good. To, that's literally all you need to know. Fair enough, Quinn. Uh, we get some clips backstage. Uh, first of all, of Jason with a How goatee. How is he still around? <laughs> I thought he was long since gone by like late 99. I didn't know he was still there either in 99. I always appreciated, though, the one thing with the goatee look. I knew he had this goatee look. I almost feel like because Jason's supposed to be like a flat, a fashion plate, like yeah. he like changed with the fashion of the 90s. Like well, he changed his look because like that makes sense. Because he had the goofy like zoot suits of like the the early nineties in the beginning. Yeah, he had like a, just a standard goatee, a very yeah. dark goatee that looked very and, late nineties. Like, muscle shirts, yeah. like, like that's so like late nineties that is. look. It really is. Yeah. Uh, Lance Storm then introduces himself as boring or something. I'm not really sure. And then Dawn Marie comes in. She's like, "I'm his personal bitch." Yeah, with a by. Yeah, of course a yeah. by. And then of course Elda Montoya is there as well. Uh, <sighs> Cyrus Don Callis storms and he still has the the jackal jewel on his forehead mm. and he complains about being under pushed and how he can't get oh, mic time yeah i know for camera time <laughs> very talented guy and then we get clips of the impact players that would be storm and elda montoya beating up dreamer beating up jerry lynn beating up sid sid <laughs> this team sucks so much joe i agree with the you the only reason i care about them is dawn marie and she was jason good. I don't even care about Cyrus more. Yes. Everyone around them is good. They're garbage. Like, they shouldn't exist. I don't care. Now, do you think Justin Credible, Alderman Toya, is overrated as a wrestler? Yes! He's never good ever. <laughs> now, do you think Lance Storm is actually a good wrestler? He's a good wrestler, but he's boring. He and is he's very Lance, boring. And again, it's like the Steve Blackman thing. It's like he's boring, but he's like charismatic boring. I don't know how to describe yeah. it. It's like he like discovered it and didn't do it right or something like <laughs> see blackman's just like no i just I I'm, I'm, I'm here to be beat up people <laughs> yeah That's like we said I, last week i'm not gonna say i'm boring i'm just i am steve blackman like that, that <laughs> take me or leave me yeah, basically yeah. Uh, he, he doesn't and he doesn't even ask people to accept him he just <laughs> he just does his thing and that's the that's why i have respect for steve black right <laughs> landstorm is funny here though he's like we were trained back in calgary alberta <laughs> Canada. And we're trained back in Calgary. Alberta, Canada. Yes. Did you fart, Ray? Fart. Did you fucking fart? Fart. Why did he, like, wait? On it? It's like, it's almost like he was saying, Brett, the yeah. hitman, heart. You know, my dad just trained a Lance Storm. I like Lance Storm. I thought he had some good matches. <laughs> yeah. we, did he have good matches with Mr. Sato or whatever? They trained me the real nice. We, 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 now, when I do that version of the Brett voice, that's like the modern Brett, like yeah. looking back. Yeah. When I do the louder one, that's the 90s the Brett, Brett. from Italy voice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We plug the ECW magazine, Quinn. 
Yeah, they they had that. I think it's a special order. It was like the program or something. <laughs> I didn't even know they it's had. It's probably a magazine, the cheap honestly. way for them to only produce one program per month. Yes, like Good you point. only have to make twelve of them. That's it. <laughs> like, so we get clips now. It's basically the montage of like, here's our roster. We this get, is a good idea if you're is. like, like if, if nobody's ever seen your show before, show everyone who works for you. Absolutely. I totally agree. Yeah. It's Tommy Dreamer. It's Francine. It's Balls Mahoney. Super crazy. Little Guido. Chris Chetty with Lita. We have Lita. Yeah, what Lita. There? Amy Dumas. New Jack. Yep. Uganda. Who what? I, How is this? He's Kamala. I think it's Kamala 2, though. Why is it's, Kamala 2 in the company? I don't know. Why would anyone employ anybody relating to Kamala in 1999? I don't know. We can't escape Kamala. How does he get everywhere? <laughs> uh, Spike Dudley bulldogging one-man gang, yeah, which he, I totally uh, slipped my mind that he was ever there. The OMG is back, baby. <laughs> Axel Rotten. Yeah, that Axel. Yeah, that Axel. Nova, who I don't mind. Pretty yep. good. Derry Doring. Danny Doring who I do mind. Now, is the Amish guy there? Yeah, Roadkill. Yes. <laughs> He's there next. I ask that every time yeah. I see him, I'm like, where's the Amish guy? Yep, Roadkill. And of course, Tajiri, who I right. like a real I like Tajiri. Uh, backstage promo with Taz and a dish rag on his head. Yeah. And he's uh, just talking. He's basically saying, like, he's here to kick ass. He's like, the Bob Dwyer baseball bats. And you're like, where is he from? The meat hook section? Yeah, I, that's I was asking you. I was very, I couldn't remember, like, meat hook. I still, now I don't remember. Red, red hook, right? Red meat. Yep. Yeah, Red Hook. The red meat section. <laughs> of your local grocer. Of your loins. <laughs> <laughs> He's also like, you got the superstars that have been through the doors of Extreme Championship Wrestling, and he calls Chris Jericho the Millennium Man. Yes! <laughs> he can say Millennium wrong! The Millennium Man, Chris Jericho. That's amazing. <laughs> Which is amazing because in 1999, that particular word, millennium, it was, was a like, buzzword. It was a buzzword. It was on the tip of everyone's tongues. And he was like, how did he say it? Ma Len? Manilium. Like linoleum or something. How the fuck do you mess that up? No, but I wouldn't correct him if I were <laughs> if I were there. Uh, he also makes fun of Shane Douglas for going back to ECW. I or WCW. Yeah, I don't Sorry. blame him. Yeah. Because yeah. Shane went back after all of the bullshit that they put him through right. in like the early 90s and then like his horrible WWF run. Like, Stay out of the big two. Yeah, and he already, like, we know he hated WWE even more than WWE. Yeah. Like, he really hated them. He's, he goes back clearly for the paycheck in 99, so Taz yep. has a little shot of them. We also see him beating up two cold Scorpio. Yeah, well, he sucks. Like, he sucks. So, I, I don't, that's nothing to brag about. I don't think Scorpio is as good as he's made out to be. Maybe maybe sometimes. A couple but, of good matches. Yeah, I don't think he's that great. Yep. Uh, and then Taz has a funny line. He's like, and then I beat up that jerk, yep. that idiot. That schmuck, Jerry the King Lawler. All I needed to add to that was Jerry's stupid Lawler, yeah. and then it would have been awesome. But and yeah, that, how I was just saying, it's like fucking King is awesome. The fact that is. like, how in, is that that still sticks in the craw of the ECW people's that King invaded like, in '97? Yeah, yeah, I loved it. It's still one of my favorite things. It's like so hilarious. It's like extremely crappy wrestling. <laughs> like, and he was just he was just such a pain in the ass <laughs> yeah. for ECW. And then he brought in Quinn. We were saying during the show. Remember, he brought in Rob Van Dam in WWF in '97. Right. Yeah, that's what I didn't remember that. But I only remember Mister Monday Night. But I that's thought that from was there. From, see, I thought it was from the invasion part. No. That's why I was so confused. It's from mid '97 yeah. when he had RVD for a bit. Uh, yeah. And then anyway, uh, Taz is like, I'm the guy your mother warned you about. I'm not the guy you want to grow up to be. Wasn't he a wild man in Tasmania? I don't want to grow up like that either. <laughs> like, like I, he, he grew up on the means, the mean prairies of Tasmania or something. Yeah, the mean prairie of Tasmania. Uh, Taz signs off by saying, beat me if you can. 
survive if I let you fade to black. Awesome ending. So that is the typical like ECW. That's how hardcore TV would end. All yes. It's like turn all the stupid music off and just have like a quiet. Let's talk. A real talk like, promo yeah, there. Yeah. And you know what? Overall. I was very critical of ECW 94, or more critical. Yeah. This was a great balance of what was going on at the time. Great debut. Yeah, it's one of the better things of 99 I've seen. 99 is a shit year. It so, is. No, it isn't is, that this good. This is a very good program. This is a well-put-together, well-thought-out montage of guys. You know, a great opening match to show that they do wrestling. Yeah. A great promo to end it. Taz's promo was awesome. Yeah, I'm was making good. fun of it, but it was really good. Overall, Quinn, I mean, it really stinks that there was some meddling that ECW was kind of in over their heads, I think, too, to begin Unfortunately. with. They, financially, they were in over their heads. I yes. think creatively, they weren't. I think they could have yep. they could have gone on to have a great show had they just had the money. Yep. And they uh, they spent a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> spent a lot of money. But it, overall, great stuff. In a fitting way, I'd say, Quinn, to close out uh, the 90s was to review ECW. Yep. They were a major player in the 90s. They really were influential. Yep. Even though they wouldn't last much longer, another year and a half, and they'd be closing their doors. Yeah, but I mean, this was, they deserved it. They deserved it, honestly. Yeah. So, folks, thank you so much for being with us here. I want to remind you before we uh, we get out of here, next week is OVP 100. Whoa. Quinn and I have an announcement about that. It's actually going to be in two parts. Yep. We want to warn you ahead of time. Warn you, but we want to notify you ahead of time. Next week, oh, there'll be a nutshell and there will be a rush more and we'll have some reflections on our two years, you know, our hundred yep. episodes. The following week, I'm not going to tell you what it is, but we're reviewing something for the whole show and you're going to like it. Don't worry. Yep. It won't be disappointing. No, it won't. So you got two parters and then uh, after that, it'll be episode number 101. So we want to thank you for being with us yet again and we want to remind you, of course, that you can follow us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. If you haven't yet, you can email us at OVPPodcast at gmail.com. Join the Facebook group. It really is a fun time. I promise. Just join it. Give it a shot. If you want to donate, you can do that at patreon.com slash OVP podcast. But until next week for OVP 100, thank you so much for being with us. I am Joe Murata. That is Michael Quinn, and we will see you next week. See ya. I've always been set in my ways. So when Subaru told me they were changing my outback, I was a tad concerned. The truth is, they just made it better. This next generation Outback's got a stylish new body, quieter ride, and their best all-wheel driving system ever. Sort of inspired me to make a few changes. I think this works. The new Outback, the world's first sport utility wagon from Subaru. Crikey. Crikey.